Oh, you can't do that. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, June 20th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 523. This is No Agenda. It's the super soul New York Kowalski here at the Travis Heights hideout in Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. What the hell is that? <laughs> I was trying to stretch it out. Uh, well, make up some more words instead of stretching out the words. <laughs> I mean, after I berated the Linux and the Hamshack guys, who then, of course, went right back and said, those guys, they got easy talking. They spend three hours jerking each other off. Is that what somebody said? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, Good for yeah. them. So, yeah, exactly. Right on. <laughs> and you listen uh, to we it. Need, you know, these yeah. critics. Yeah, nah, that's all right. I was critical of them. That's why. Yeah, you deserve it. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a quid pro quo. It's exactly. We're done. critical of somebody who has a microphone. We're done. We're done. Expect it back. Exactly. Hey, man, is it? has it been six weeks? No, it's uh, six weeks comes uh, from the last real incident, I believe, is on the week of July the 4th. Yeah. Well, uh, why? What did, what did you see? Oh, my God. I mean, this is... Well, first, let's listen to the uh, George Stephanopoulos report, uh, who... <laughs> on Good Morning America? Yes, on Good Morning America. The former Clinton operative has this to report. Well, straight out of Ray Bradbury. The FBI has arrested two men for wanting to kill people, including the president, with a ray gun. They say the men tried to create a device that would suddenly zap out invisible and lethal X-rays, radiation powerful enough to kill. ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas has the file on this bizarre arrest. We've seen death rays in science fiction movies. But today the FBI charged two upstate New York men, Eric Fight and Glenn Crawford, a self-described engineer and clan member, with building a workable death ray. I like this. And and clan member with a workable death so he had like Wiley E. Coyote. He's got plans from Acme Corp to build a death ray. This particular device would be capable of emitting X-ray radiation. This device would have been capable of doing that and killing people. <laughs> the murderous plan allegedly called for attaching an industrial-grade <laughs> X-ray machine to a specially designed triggering device stored in a truck. The weapon would be mobile, shooting concentrated mobile. doses of radiation on unsuspected targets who would die within two weeks. Among the potential target sources say Muslims and President Obama. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, wow, this is great. Why would they even get within a million miles of President Obama? No, but it's a death ray, John. Don't you understand? They, all they need to do is park the van outside the White House. Yeah, and right. aim the beam. Uh, park it in the White House parking lot <laughs> and, for that. And matter. aim the beam. For, I mean, this is, I can't believe that Stephanopoulos can actually sit there and Read this news report seriously, this intro. MSNBC, I have to say, the douchebag there, he had the real information, which is just hilarious when you hear what what's really what this story really is. This is a very odd story. You've got the details, though, for us. Yes, indeed, it is an odd story. And we should point out before we go through all of this that the FBI says these men never pose any danger <laughs> because they never got the support they thought they were getting. All the people who they met with who agreed to help them turned out to be either informants or undercover agents. But <laughs> okay. the whole half the country's informants. Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of people like, hey, man, hey. I got a great idea. We're going to help you build a death ray. 
Yeah, yeah, we can get rid of them Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> and that that head honcho Muslim. We can get rid of him with a death ray. Yeah, man. How how stupid are we? Well, that's Stephanopoulos. He's going to run around it straight. Is, the guy has no shame to do that. He just has yeah, no you shame. you the ratings on that show? He's got no shame because he's making millions. No, it's, it's through the roof. Right? He's probably getting about $12 million a year. I actually was going to say 15. I think he, he must be 15. It could be 15. It's unreal. Yeah. Considering we get like, you know, 200 <laughs> bucks here and there. Yeah, okay. But you know what? I can sleep at night. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, if you're going to play crazy stuff, I got the crazy Oh, no, stuff. no. Don't tell me you watched it. Of course. <laughs> it's your job. I agree. It is my it job. Is, this is, is my segment. <laughs> In fact, here's the deal. You berated me for missing the Miss America beauty pageant. I did. I was very disappointed. You berated me. Yes. I was. So I said, okay, all right, I'm taking this assignment, Yep. and I'm going to go with it. <laughs> now, now before, before you say anything, may I point out... That uh, Wikipedia now has an entry known as Dvorak's Law. <laughs> Dvorak's you, you can law. look it up. Dvorak's Law states, the worse the economy, not only do the hookers get better looking, but they get cheaper. <laughs> this is on, it's really, I'll be known for that. <laughs> yes. Thanks. It's on Wikipedia, and it's ir irrevocable. Ir you cannot erase it. And this is... Um, a is subset. It in the no agenda page? Where is no, it? No, it has its own wiki entry. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, just yeah, Google uh, Dvorak's Law. <laughs> ah, you stopped me in my tracks. Event <laughs> uh, search here. I think you have to do wiki. I, have to do, I don't think it's gotten Next. the Google. I don't think Perhaps. it has the Google juice just yet. Law wiki. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, here it is. Gone. No, no. And maybe it's gone. Yeah. No, that can't be. See? No, it's gone already. No, hold on a second. Those guys at Wikipedia, they don't like us. <laughs> but it's, let me just see. Not Dvorak's Law. It is uh, Dvorak's underscore law. But it didn't show up on a Google search. What's wrong with the Google? Well, here let me says, try Bing. Here it says, <laughs> Dvorak's Law is proposed that this article be deleted because of the following concern. Does not appear to be a notable law. <laughs> hey, you gotta make it notable. This is this is crap. A search failed to find enough reliable coverage about it. Well, this is no good. And I guess then they block search engines from. Uh, hey, here, hold on a second. Stop the presses. <laughs> Google could not find it, but yeah. Bing found it in the number one search. Yeah, so they're in cahoots. No, Google's obviously, uh, yeah, Google's in cahoots with Wiki. Yeah, and they're biased against your law. Yeah, well, this apparently. Is, this is an outrage. However, you can address this concern by improving, copy editing, sourcing, renaming, or merging the page. All right, people, get to work. The thing is, it only has one reference, and it's from me. Well, I guess that you know, was a tip-off. A lot of people have heard it. I'll, I'll, I'll vouch. Proposed deletion as of 19th of June. That's pretty funny. Anyway, so this is a subset, and you guys should start to, in the chat room, uh, perhaps. You should start filling out the page because uh, this is a part of Dvorak's law as he faithfully tracks all beauty pageants that are televised uh, in, the, uh, in the universe. Go. 
Okay, so here we go. So there was a big stink. I thought this was a cover-up for what was going on Me in this too. beauty pageant. Me too. Which I'm was right on board. Outrageous political questions of these dumb women. <laughs> Who are smoking hot, by the way. Oh, this group was dynamite. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the two that won, Connecticut and Alabama, I thought Miss Alabama, all, until you hear her talk, <laughs> was absolutely stunning. But she turns out to be a fascist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's here here's what happened. This got all the news coverage. Apparently Miss Utah, yeah. who is looks like an Icelandic woman, she's amazingly uh Icelandic. Her eyes are just a yeah, yeah well, millimeter too wide. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. She was gorgeous. She answered this idiotic question and this got all over the news. This is Miss Utah. Not just answering. on the news. Not just on the news, but this is what people were blogging us. I was surprised. The people were tweeting and sending this yeah. this link. I'm like, are, do you listen to our show? Do you know how to look through the BS? Apparently not. Yeah. Judge number three, Nene Leakes, your question, please. A recent report shows that in 40% of American families with children, women are the primary earners, yet they continue to earn less than men. What does this say about society? I think we can re- relate this back to education and how we are continuing to try to strive to <laughs> figure out how to create jobs right now. That is the biggest problem. And I think especially the men are um, seen as the leaders of this. And so we need to try to figure out how to create education better so that we can solve this problem. Thank you. Thank you, Utah. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. You're an idiot. So, uh, she's actually, you have to remember, she's from Utah. Why this question was asked in the first place is beyond me, but she's from Utah, and so she's probably a Mormon, and she's thinking when they're asking the question, she's thinking to herself, what? Women work? Women work? Oh, my God. Hold and so on, she was completely on, befuddled no, by that hold concept. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can tell you this was, this is all scripted. You know, these questions are not. Oh, yeah, no. You'll, is, you'll see how scripted yeah, they are. No, I, I know they're scripted. So I think she just blew the lines. You know, she just, she, the answer was there. She knew what to say. It was just, it was, it, it happens. It happens. This is not because she's dumb. This is just, uh, you know, it's your moment. It's your acting moment. And you mess it up. And people who, if you emailed or tweeted this link to either John or I, Turn off the podcast now. Go away. Go away. Because you should know by now. This is all scripted. All she did was, she's not dumb. All she did, she just made, she's flubbed the lines. That's all. So, and by the way, if one of these women, and when you hear the rest of the, I've got four more of these. They're all short, less than a minute. <laughs> but when you hear the questions and how lame they are and how political they are, if just one of these women would say, you know, I don't think it's appropriate to be asking these sorts of political questions, which are loaded, and it's, it's probably just to make us look stupid. I really find it insulting, and that's all I've got to say. I would, I would be this woman's fan. She'd, I'd, I'd follow her on Twitter. I mean, we don't get any of that. We instead we get this this kind of hey, weirdness. Hey, do you want to build an X-ray machine too while you're at it? <laughs> so here we go. Now we're gonna go with now the one that I thought was the best looking of the group was Miss Alabama. Yeah. And so, but she comes now. They ask her a loaded question, and she just 
they all these women give the the worst kind of answer to make them look like either idiots or Nazis. And, <laughs> and, and Miss Alabama did looks like a Nazi. All right, next let's have Alabama join us. Alabama. Please reach in and select a card. She went she went for the middle. She went for the middle. Okay. Judge number two, Wendy Malik, your question, please, for Alabama. Government tracking of phone records has been in the news lately. Is this an invasion of privacy or necessary to keep our country safe? <laughs> why or why not? I think the society that we live in today, it's sad that if we go to the movies or to the airport or even to the mall that we have to worry about our safety. So I would rather someone track my telephone messages and feel safe wherever I go than feel like they're um, encroaching on my privacy. <laughs> That's a big word there, that encroaching word. Hmm, I wonder where she heard that in the script. Unbelievable. No, first of all, I I loved her teeth. Man, could they be any whiter? They're just like, like I got to wear shades because of this girl's teeth. But that was so funny. That that is, um, yeah, of course, that's completely fascist because she is encouraging corporatism. Uh, and, and I find I find it hilarious that you know the things that that we're doing is going to the mall, going to the movie theater. What was the other one? I forgot the other one. It's like I want to feel uh, safe. Airport. Airport. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna get to go travel to go to see them. The, the, uh, yeah, I don't feel safe go going to, a, to the mall. <laughs> go to another mall. What an idiot. <laughs> All right, so so then we go on and we get Miss South Carolina, who's a very very pretty black woman. She is just gorgeous and and, 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 and kind of cheery, cheerleader like Miss South. What is she? South Carolina? Yeah. Now the thing about this this remind this one. Now I'm wondering about what's wrong with South Carolina because this is the state that had that crazy Miss Teen who kept saying however and. You know, we need a people can't find the United States on a map because of South Africa, and you know she went on and on with it. She was the the worst answer anyone. This woman is in competition with her, huh? I didn't understand. I didn't understand what I, I, I didn't, didn't do the clip, but I, I every once in a while I bring this clip on the show where Miss South Carolina in a in a some pageant asked answered the question. So many people cannot find the United States on a map. What oh, do you think this is? Oh, oh, and oh, she oh. goes on with this whatever, however. So, and she says because of South Africa and feeding the poor, and she just went off the rails. <laughs> and this one damn near beats it. South Carolina, it is your turn. South Carolina, go ahead, pick your card. <laughs> All right, let's see who you got. Judge number nine. Christina Milian. Hey, hold on a second. How come we can't get this gig? Tell me. They got nine judges, and and judge number nine is Christina Milian, the the idiot from The Voice. Hey, yeah. Carson. Hey, that's who judge number nine is. Yeah. And we can't get this gig. And by the way, I just the way they're doing these questions, I'm almost convinced that they have a list of questions, and they say, "Oh, this is Miss South Carolina. This is what she gets hey, asked." Hey, let's give this one. Please yeah. give us your question. Hey. hey. Should people who leak classified documents in the name of public information be charged with treason? Why or why not? <laughs> wow. You know, I, I feel bad I didn't watch this show now. <laughs> you should, because, oh, this is, but all you have to do is watch the end, because that's what this craziness <laughs> you can't. Emerged. You can't write this stuff. Is this what we're doing? 
Oh. I don't believe that they should be charged with treason. Personally, I think that being a part of this country, we have been given specific documents for specific reasons. Our lawmakers have put that into their decision for certain reasons. And if we feel the need to have to show those documents, then I think that we should show them. <laughs> hey, show, you. me your, show me your documents, what? girl. What? <laughs> yeah. What did she say? I don't know. Smoke was coming out of her ears, I think. <laughs> she said, we, if we are given documents, we have to. Sh-. This is actually another fact. Her, she, wasn't, she doesn't even know what she, the woman's talking Why, about. If, if one of them would just go like, hi, everybody, that would be funny. Yeah, oh, We should be writing this show. She goes and she goes off the rails and pretty much saying that we should all have documents and we have to show them when the authorities yes. ask. Show me your papers. Your, show me your Google documents. Hi. That's, a, that's what she said. I know. I know. But this is, my God, we're so lost. Oh, totally. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is the worst. So they finally come to the winner. This is the woman who won, by the way, the last one, which is, which is Connecticut. Oh, of course. You know, we could have called this. Yeah, we could have called. Oh, we, oh. we could have called this easily. Oh, we could have easily called this. Obviously, it's Connecticut because of idiots? the school shooting. I mean, did she have a question about Sandy Hook by any chance? No, they didn't go that far, <laughs> but this is almost as bad, and she's another fascist. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just look at her first before you ruin it with this clip. Let me see. She's the brunette? I think so. <clears throat> She's pretty. She's kind of like a... Um, dime a, a dozen. Kind of, yeah, dime a dozen. Like, but a bit like Cindy Crawford used to look, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, yeah. A, little, a little probably prettier. Yeah. In what, a dime a dozen way. I mean, dime, there's a lot yeah. of... No, yeah, a dime a dozen. Dollars. And what is she, five foot six? No, no, I think she's... she's no, she's not tall. The tall one was Texas, who had the best dress on. Texas always awesome, babes. But she didn't. She wasn't as pretty as the other girls, and they had to bring her in with some gimmick. <laughs> they had this stupid gimmick. Let me explain this. So they had the top five at the end. For, first of all, here's the problem I have with this show. They start the show off with these 50 beautiful women. And they come out, and they introduce them all. says, we're cutting it down to 15, and then we're going to have the bathing suits. Right. Saying, why can't we see 50 women in bathing yeah, suits? Yeah, really, this is a mistake. I thought it was a huge mistake, and then they, they, all the women are hustled <laughs> off, and a lot of them are very pretty. I mean, who knows of how? And and are you just left clawing at your screen, like no, no? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so then you get the, the the fifteen come out, then they cut that down to ten, and then they cut it down to five real fast and moving along. So this is Brooke Daniels, and, and then they have some bogus thing. If you tweet uh, the name of the one you want, we can we can save one from the. The five that have been kicked off. Wait, is this Brooke Daniels? Is uh, Miss Texas? I don't. know. Nah, she's she's uh, she has a, a mean look about her. That could be whatever yeah. the case. They they brought Miss Texas back. What? So, so there were six at the end. <laughs> oh oh it was oh okay I get it. It's yeah. a gimmick. Oh uh, oh cool. TV wow. Uh, all right. Okay uh, so here's our last our last thank uh, God. contestant. This is gonna nail it. This is gonna knock it out of the park. She, 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 well the other women if you heard their answers all of them were like that. They were they stammering. They didn't know what they were, what the guy was talking about. <laughs> documents. Uh, yeah I got documents. <laughs> it's like they're a bunch of idiots. So, or at least hey here's the deal. Let me stop right here. If we could just get these beauty contestants to listen to no agenda, yeah, really, they would they would nail these questions. It would be it would be a beautiful thing. Yeah, they would do them good, <laughs> but they don't. So here we go. <laughs> All right, Miss Connecticut, down to our last two. Connecticut, please join us and select a call. Hey, Connecticut, go ahead. 
Judge number seven, Mo Rocca, your question, please. Miss Connecticut, the Supreme Court ruled that criminal suspects can be subjected to a police DNA test after arrest. Do you agree or disagree with this, and why or why not? I would agree with this. I think that if somebody's being prosecuted and is committed a crime that's that severe that they should have a DNA test. I think there are so many crimes going on in this world that if that's one step closer to figuring out who has done it, I think we should absolutely do so. Thank you. It's pre-crime. That's right, baby. Hey, we picked you up. You're guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's your last uh, fascist. Good uh, work. Good work. Well, but wow, what questions? I mean, this is really a kind of disgusting they used to ask questions like do you like red or blue i mean it, which makes no, more sense no there were there were always kind of like world peace like questions you could do uh, tell you a little bit you yeah, know little, what are you getting about the starving children in yeah, africa but these yeah. questions are, are current events and they're a little edgy for these women uh fascinating Anyway, who that is my report. Yeah, very good report, John. Congratulations. There will be another one in six months when good. another no, one of these no, things shows please, up. Please, please. No, we can't have that. This world. <laughs> we can't have more of that. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, while you were doing that, uh, I was watching um, C-SPAN. Well, I was watching C-SPAN, too, and I have toppers for you. You got, Go on. Well, I was... Uh, I, was I mean, there's... Well, there's a couple things I watched, and maybe we should mix and match up the the C-SPAN stuff, because, of course, we had uh, Professor had Dr. Mueller back again for a second round, and uh, the most important thing that uh, that seems to be the meme that is being propagated uh, by everybody now is obviously, you know, these programs that we have of spying on uh, U.S. persons, and I'll explain that later, is, uh, is so, they're so cool, so great, so fantastical. That if we had only had them, oh, we, could, yeah. we could have stopped nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so here he is. Well, I think we're, we're talking about billions of phone numbers. How many? Yes, but I, let me let me, if I could, uh, say two things. You are going to get. I know we're working through the the list of numbers, or not numbers, numbers <coughs> list of cases. <coughs> <coughs> and of those domestically, I think it'll be anywhere from ten or twelve, where two fifteen was important in some way, shape, or form. Out of the billions of phone numbers that were collected. Yes, but uh, let me go back to uh, September 11th. And on September 11th, Al Mithar was one of the principal hijackers. Uh, ultimately, I think he was in the plane that uh, 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 one of the planes in New York, but I may be wrong on that. But he was a principal hijacker, and the intelligence agencies were on him, tracking him through uh, the Far East. Uh, he, uh, nobody had him in the United States. Ultimately, he comes to the United States in, in 2000. Uh, sometime thereafter, uh, the uh, intelligence communities are on a, a, a number in Yemen that is known to be affiliated with, with uh, terrorists. Uh, at that point in time, without this uh, particular uh, capability, they Can had you stop no for way- one second? I want to point something out. Uh, the idea of these administrations, the, the way they've got these things set up is the, the guy asking the question gets five minutes 
And so the idea is when you're a mule or something, yeah, run down you, the clock. Have to, you yak and yak yeah. and yak and yak <laughs> yeah. to use up the guy's five minutes. Yeah. And that's why I say in some form or another, the, the various entities <laughs> yeah. that were involved in the, you know, just he yeah. won't just say anything. It's like it's like basketball. You got to run down the shot clock. You got to running down. He's running down the shot clock. They should have a big timer in the corner. <laughs> yes, they're good. Uh, a big clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have one. They have the clock and the red lights. It's just you don't see that on camera. I think it should be an, yeah. it should be an overlay on uh, uh, like a lower third on screen. We should have stats. Yeah, no, that's what C special does. They should have a lower third <laughs> with the clock ticking. You know, we, I have a feeling that we can legitimately do that because the, these public hearings that is uh, public domain stuff. So we should be able to take that video and do that and make it into. I've, I think we've talked about this before. It's just we you know we have no time to do these cool ideas. No, we haven't got time. Yeah, okay. Of identifying whether there was somebody in San Diego calling this number in Yemen. Oh. Uh, in the the uh, IG report afterwards indicated that had we had this information, uh, we may well have been able to stop the uh, attack. Woohoo! Wow, boy. And Chip Ge- Gregory, what's his name? Chip Chump. It's Chip. Chip Gregory there on the on the Sunday show, uh, he he turns it around, which I think is even better, and just names a whole bunch of you know everyone. It, it science is in. Everyone feels this. Oh, but it's very interesting because as some- it's very interesting. Uh, whenever you say it's very interesting, then pay attention. Some uh, commentators this week have pointed out commentators those can, who are concerned about civil liberties. Imagine their reaction if there were another nine eleven style attack. And what the American public would rise up to support in terms of quashing civil liberties. And you go back to the immediate aftermath of 9-11. And we... <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Hello? Hello, safety? This is Liberty calling. F*** off, douchebag. <laughs> All right, got it. Do we have great producers or what? <laughs> Fantastic so this producers. is pathetic. No, but it's all. It, it, this is this is now the thing that has come back to haunt us. Thirteen years later, or twelve years later, is to is is literally shut up, shut up, slave, shut up. If, if only we'd had these fantastic programs in place for nine eleven. We did, by the way. Yeah, of course we did. It's just you know what what was the line? It was. Um, we didn't have the, uh, we didn't, uh, the, the, it was like something, with, the NSA wasn't in tune with the new technologies or some bull crap like that. But the funniest thing, I don't know if you caught this, at the end, and uh, they this happens on C-SPAN a lot, and I'm always uh, watching, because they have the cameras on before the thing starts and after it, uh, it ends, and sometimes they have the mics hot. Now, did yeah, you, did, I love that. Did you catch this? Did you catch oh. what, okay, so this is... Um, this is uh, from uh, Carl Alexander. What's his name? Klingon Alexander. Right after his uh, appearance, he uh, thanks the deputy uh, sec- deputy director of the FBI. And I'll play it. You may not be able to hear it through the Skype, but uh, I'll tell you what he says. Thank you. Thanks, Tell the boss. Good to see you. Tell the boss. I owe him another freaking so he says there, tell your boss I owe him another frickin' beer. Yeah, you should give him to me. <laughs> All right. All right. Really? Yeah. Tell your boss I owe him another friggin' beer. So I guess they're all covering each other's ass or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, this guy came in and 
covered his ass. This this yeah. assistant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the guy say he he says to to uh, Kaiser Alexander. He says, "No, you should give it to me. I covered your ass." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I can't. I mean, we covered the Obama open mic with Medvedev. How come the mainstream media won't cover this? This isn't a true outrage where the commanders, the guy with, the, he's got all the ribbons on, who up, who would take. Took an what's oath. the point of that? By the way, he's the head of the NSA. Hate is the guy who started this. You know, most of the time, these these are authorities that aren't military. The NSA is not a military operation. Why is this guy wearing his, his I guess, his Army or Air Force uniform? I mean, why? What's the point? So, right, look, before I have this job, I look at these. See these stars? I got them on my shoulders. Here. You haven't got one. <laughs> Who are you? Get out of my way. Yeah, shut up. I mean, seriously. Shut up, slave. Now, did you see our president with Charlie Rose? I No, I heard about this. I'm glad you got this. No, oh, I, I, I took several clips. I feel it is, it warrants our scrutiny and analysis of of what he is saying because he's being very 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 clear about uh, certain things. Uh, let me just see. So first, Charlie Rose appears to be his handler, and it's oh, so he's cueing him. Oh, it, it, beyond belief, really, huh. really, really beyond belief. So I have a couple of uh, shorter clips which he can dump out of. And then there's the one where he really gets into... And, and this probably will come back to haunt him because the way he explains what is going on sounds nothing like reality. And so this also, by the way, I think we're, we're looking at the other Obama. I, I don't know where the, the, uh, the first one is because, you know, we always have two oaths for him. One in public and then one for the other Obama in private. I think the, the other Obama, that's this guy. He's like the they've been tag teamed or something. Hmm. So here he is on uh, the balance between privacy and security, which of course is uh, you know this whole this whole crazy notion uh, that I specifically said one of the things we need to debate and examine is our surveillance programs because those were set up right after nine eleven. It's now been over a decade, and we have to. Uh, examine them. And what should the debate be? Well, uh, the, and and what I've said, and I continue to believe is that we don't have to sacrifice our freedom in order to achieve security. Oh, well, now it's now he's saying something different. We don't have to sacrifice. He said it used to be a balance. Hmm. That's a false choice. False choice. That doesn't mean that there are not trade-offs involved oh. in any <laughs> given program. It's not. It's just instead of giving up, we just call it a trade-off. It's a different word, you see. Any given action that we take. So all of us make a decision that we go through uh, a whole bunch of security at airports, which when we were growing up, that wasn't the case, right? You ran up to the gate. Exactly. Uh, you know, you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Five minutes to, to get the plane, you're running on. Right. Um, been there. And, been there. you know, it's been a while since I went through commercial flying. But <laughs> because I am an elitist. Again, the experience is not the same <laughs> it anymore, not. right? It's gotten worse. Okay. It's gotten worse, Prez. <laughs> right. And, and so that's a trade-off we make. The same way we make a trade-off about... Uh, Drunk driving. We say occasionally they're going to be checkpoints. They may be intrusive. Uh, he's he's rolling it all into one now. They may be intrusive. You know, anal probe or something. You know, they may be intrusive. But hey, we, that's what we all agree on. We all agreed on it. Remember? Um, to say there's a trade-off doesn't mean somehow that we've abandoned freedom. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody says we're no longer free because we have checkpoints. But, but there is a balance here. But there is a balance. So, so. Do you hear how how Rose is putting the words in his mouth? Yeah, he did that time. And well, it, it'll come back several times. He just keeps coming. There is a balance. And don't you think? So here's um, here is the president telling his handler that he doesn't understand you, stupid civilian. You don't understand what it's like to be me to be the president, to have to make the hard decisions when you're in the situation room. Uh, is, you know, a lot of critics have suggested that uh, if we go in... Hot, this is about Syria, by the way. Hot and heavy. Uh, hot and heavy. No fly zones, setting up humanitarian corridors and so forth. Heavy artillery. Uh, that heavy artillery. That, uh, <laughs> that, that He's literally telling him, you know, do people understand, heavy artillery. Oh, yeah, heavy artillery. He is prompting what? him. Rose is prompting him with yeah, all no, the I've words. Seen that, but yeah, no, Okay, go on. Offers a, a, a simpler solution. But the fact of the matter is, for example, no, 90% of the deaths yep. uh, that have taken place haven't been because of... Uh, uh, airstrikes by the Syrian mil uh, Air Force. Syrian Air Force isn't particularly good. They can't aim very well. Uh, it's been happening on the ground. Maybe they're not trying to kill people like you say. Maybe that's why the Syrian Air Force isn't bombing people. So you think and a no-fly zone is not necessary? What I'm saying is that if you haven't been in the Situation Room, yeah. pouring through Intelligence. Oh, he's pouring through intelligence, John. He's painting the picture. And meeting directly with our military folks. And hey, hey, nice uniform. Asking what are all our options and examining what are all the consequences and understanding that, for example, if you set up a no-fly zone, uh, that you may not be actually solving the problem on the ground. Or if you set up a humanitarian corridor, uh, are you, in fact, committed not only to stopping uh, Aircrafts from going over that corridor, but Aircraft. also missiles. And if so, does that mean that you then have to take out uh, the armaments in Damascus? And are you prepared then to bomb Damascus? And what happens if there are civilian casualties? And have we mapped all of the chemical weapons facilities <laughs> inside of Syria to make sure that we don't drop a bomb on a chemical weapons facility that ends up then... Oh, I'd hate this job. That sounds like a horrible job. you got to pour through all that intelligence and make all these decisions and... My, my goodness, this is, this is a very, very difficult job. I, don't, I wouldn't want that job. Well, as, as Bush said, it's hard. Yes. What do you think uh, the number one job of the president is, really? Apparently to protect the public. <laughs> what is it uh, according to the Constitution, John? I just To wanna uphold the Constitution. Uphold and protect the, the Constitution. Con protect the Constitution. Uh, try to strike against us. Uh, we've talked mostly about national security and talked about uh, the responsibilities around the world, and, and you've certainly indicated by that last answer that the number one responsibility of a president is national security to keep the American people safe. Right. Correct? A douche. Well, it is, you think it Charlie is Rose would know better? Well, hold on. Listen, listen to the. He's given it to him. Talked about uh, the responsibilities around the world, and, and you've certainly indicated by that last answer that the number one responsibility of a president is national security to keep the American people safe. Right. Correct? Well, it is, it is my number one priority because if I don't get that right, obviously, yeah, exactly. uh, we don't get anything right. Uh, <laughs> that is so despicable. That is so – no, the, the whole principle of this country – is based upon defending the Constitution, not the people. If you don't get the Constitution right, that's where all the other things come into play. That's what it's about.
So now the president twice. Well, you know, if you could flip flop this, which he's been doing all his his entire career and, and everyone's buying into it, as you can tell by what Charlie Rose says, if if the number one uh, thing is to protect the public, that means the Constitution, you, you maybe you have to get rid of that. Because we that's not number one. Number one no. is protecting the public. Yeah. And maybe to protect the public, we have to get rid of the Constitution. This looks like to me an end run. Well, I think, well, obviously they've been trying to do this for some time to get rid of the Constitution. <laughs> well, it is a living document, you know, John. Yeah. Well, yeah but, and we, by the way, we, there are people like Pat Buchanan who seem very conservative, but. He wants to have a constitutional convention, as others do. What is that? To rewrite the damn thing. Oh, well, go ahead. What difference does it make? We have, that, we have the right to do that, don't we? Don't we have the right yeah, to rewrite it? Yeah, no, we do, it? but I don't think it's a good idea. No. Can you imagine? Um, but a constitution- Just take a look at Obamacare. This thing will be like a thousand <laughs> times bigger. It would be like this, the biggest. We'd be dead before we got to the end of this if we started reading it. <laughs> but we'd have material all throughout our painful death. Yeah, that, that would, that's what would be great. It would have material, so that's a plus. So there's some messaging here in this in this and this was an hour long interview, and you know, with it sounds the, pretty dull. I'm surprised you oh, got through it. Oh, it, it yes. In fact, I was saying to Miss Mickey yesterday, she's like, "Wow, you working a lot?" I said, "Oh, because you have to listen to this bore these two boring guys with one guy prompting the other, and then but you have to go back and listen to it again to make sure you catch all the words because this guy is slick. He's so slick." Um, I'm going to skip the things. He mentioned Apple twice, specifically about the Chiners stealing Apple secrets. Um, and then, what secrets did they steal? <laughs> okay, uh, you asked. Maybe talking to the Chinese. Well, uh, let's separate out uh, the NSA issue, which I'm okay. sure you're going to want to talk to, and, and the whole, whole balance of privacy and security with, with the no, specific, I thought it was a trade-off. specific issue of... Uh, cybersecurity and 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 uh, our concerns with and cyber and and, and cyber warfare and cyber espionage. Right. Yeah, hand more to him, Rose. What? Um, yeah, he's just telling him you're forgetting this. You're forgetting this. See, Rose can remember a script, but Obama can't. This Obama. Uh, every country There's no in the world. Either. No. Uh, large and small engages in intelligence gathering, mm. uh, and that is a occasional source of tension, but. It's generally practiced within bounds. Okay, so he. So this is very interesting because here he is saying that all countries spy on each other within kind of like the game. You know, it's, it's within bounds. There is a big difference between uh, China wanting to figure out how can they find out what my talking points are. <laughs> Just go to the teleprompter. Uh, when I'm meeting with the Japanese. Uh, which is standard fare. So that seems to be normal, apparently. I find that, that I think that's pretty. That's quite a big revelation for a president to say. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah we the do Chinese do that, yeah. and we try to prevent them from right. uh, penetrating that, and they try to get that information. There's a big difference between that and uh, a hacker directly connected with the Chinese government or the Chinese military uh, breaking into uh, Apple's software systems uh, to see if they can. Uh, uh, obtain uh, the designs for the latest Apple product. Well, who gives a crap about that? Is that your job now to protect us from the latest iPhone being stolen by the Chinese who make the damn thing? 
And, right. They A, they have the plans <laughs> in their factory called Foxconn. Yes. So what's their country. the deal? And B, if it's if it's some sort of new thing they're working on, it's usually patented, and you can go to the patent office and take a look and print it out. But what? But why is what this? Where does this come from? But why? Well, thank you. Why is this the first example he can come up with? And he's saying that. It is an outrage that the Chinese government is hacking into our systems. I think he even said military in that. Let me just check. To steal Apple's latest design. The difference between that and uh, a hacker directly connected with the Chinese government or the Chinese military. Yeah, the military. Yeah, the Chinese military. Hey, Huang Dong Chong, let us steal iPhone secret. We will conquer America. Uh, nice into try with the accent. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> I think that was more my Japanese World War II Japanese accent. Japanese World yeah. War II guy. If uh, <laughs> one of those Green Army men. <laughs> Apple's software systems uh, to see if they can uh, uh, obtain uh, the designs for the latest Apple product. Um, that's theft. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, but that's Apple's problem. That's not necessarily the government's this is where this is leading. This is why it's troubling. You know, if, they, if he had said something like, if they're going to you know, go in and hack a system at the Pentagon and get the launch codes yes. for a bunch of missiles, yes. now that would make sense no. to be concerned about. No. But the, to be concerned about Apple's new iPhone, I mean, what? And he keeps going with When the with Chinese that. are manufacturing it? Yeah. Uh, we can't tolerate that. Can't tolerate that. What? Maybe we'll get a better phone. And so we've had very blunt conversations about this. Uh, they understand, I think, that uh, this can adversely affect the fundamentals of the U.S.-China relationship. We so the, the, he apparently had a conversation with the president of China about this. We can't have you hack it into Apple, man. But it, this is insane. Don't consider this a, uh, a side note uh, in our conversations. We think this is central in part because our economic relationship is going to be, continue to be premised on the fact that the United States is the world's innovator. We have the greatest R&D. We have the greatest entrepreneurial culture. Uh, our value added is at the top of the, uh, the value chain. <laughs> stop, stop. That's great, isn't now, it? Now, <laughs> I, I, after hearing this, now here's what Rose is going to ask. Tell me I'm wrong. He's going to say, well, doesn't this, isn't this kind of a minor thing? I mean, they, after all, China does already make the iPhone, and so they have the plans in the country. And if there's some sort of innovation, they can just go to the patent office and make a copy of the patent. So what's the big deal, Obama? Now, tell me that's what he does. John, I thought you said you didn't watch the show. Ah. Yeah. Because that's not what Rose says <laughs> at all. No, of course not. Now, in fact, that that clip is now over. But here is where the president takes this whole cybersecurity thing yet a step further in the f total fascist direction. P possible extradition. I will leave it up to them to to uh, so what's answer those fear? questions. What's your fear about this? My, look, 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 look. We have look. to make decisions about how much um, classified information and uh, uh, how much covert activity we are willing to tolerate as a society. And you know, we could not have carried off the bin Laden raid if it was on the front page of the papers. I think <laughs> so so now apparently um, not only 9/11 but you know bin Laden raid is uh, thanks to this great uh, program. Everybody understands that. Everyone right, understands. So that everyone understands. Of course one, that, but I don't understand what the relevance of that is. Well, no, no, very good, Charlie.
The reason I'm saying that is, is that we're going to have to find ways where the public has an assurance that there are checks and balances in place, that they have enough information about how we operate, that they know that their phone calls aren't being listened into, their text messages aren't being monitored, their emails are not being read. Uh, by some big brother somewhere. They've got to feel that confidence. <laughs> so we'll give that to them. It may not be true, but we got to make them feel that way. Uh, and that it is not potentially subject to abuse because there are sufficient checks and balances on it, while still preserving our capacity to act against folks who are trying to do us harm. Okay, folks who are trying to do us harm, what could that be? And it's not just terrorists. We already talked about Whoa. cyber theft. We already talked about potentially critical infrastructure that could be compromised. Which he did not, by the way. Uh, you know, there were uh, a, a handful of yokels up in New York. Who- yokels! Hold on! <laughs> <laughs> yokels! Yokels! <laughs> we have a new classification. <laughs> yokel 1. Well, <that's laughs> Hello, Yokel 1 to Yokel 2, over. Yokels. What is a yokel? Uh, Hold on a second. I got to check this. Yokel. A yokel. Oh, it has a wiki entry, which is not scheduled for deletion, I might point out. Yeah, like mine. Oh. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, In the United States, it's used to describe someone living in rural areas. Synonymous for yokel include country bumpkin, hayseed, chaw bacon, rube, redneck, hillbilly. Wow, that's a racial slur. Yokel is a slur. From that definition, it would be. Well, what he what he says, we had some yokels, like some 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 hicks. Yeah, I, I, yokels, really. Uh, a handful of yokels up in New York who stole forty five million dollars out of ATMs. Oh well, that should be the government's job. Uh, clearly, wait, 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 well, hold on a second. <laughs> Play that again. Uh huh. Structure that could be compromised. Uh, you know, there were uh, a, a handful of yokels up in New York who stole $45 million out of ATMs. Hey! Hey! Whoa! Hey! What kind of yokels are doing that? Hey, yokel one, I got, I got the ATM code here, yokel two. How y'all doing back over, Roger, Roger? Are yokels? Those are high-end criminals. <laughs> yokels. No, man. And But the, go beyond the yokel thing. It's not the government's job to protect the bank. It's the bank's job to protect the bank, and if the bank loses my money because of some yokels, the bank owes that to me. That's their problem. It's, this is not a government issue. Uh, over the course of, I think it was 18 hours, and the public expects me and the Justice Department and others to protect them from those things. To make- no, I don't expect you to protect me from that. No, no, no. Wait, for, they, they got the forty million bucks in just a few hours. Eighteen hours. You can't get wow. over. You can't Those get. Are, pa- this guy's got a wrong definition of what a yokel. <laughs> you can't get past the yokel. Get, 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 move on beyond the yokel. It is Sorry. not. Go on. I'm, it, I do not want the president to protect me from that. I'm not a pussy. I'll go to the bank. Me and the me, Justice Department me. and others to protect them from those things. To no. make sure that their no, bank accounts aren't being compromised, their medical records aren't being compromised. 
all that stuff requires the government to have some capacity to engage with the uh-huh. private sector and to have and we ought to have a debate about it. Also. Ah, so we got to have a debate about it. Yes, we got to have a debate about it. So what he's saying. So, but listen carefully. Remember, we've learned. You got to listen to what this guy's saying. He specifically said banking sector, medical sector. Yeah. So we, the government has to have. You got to give us some leeway. We got to be able to cooperate. We got to be able to share with these companies which means we're going to have your medical information and your financial information if you want us to protect you. That's what he's saying. Now, this is the final clip, and we can stop whenever. But this is very interesting because this is where the president explains explicitly what is and what is not happening with the PRISM program and the NSA um, uh, yeah, and it, here's their PSA. Read your tweets, your emails, listen to your phone calls. NSA is looking out for you. Hey, shut up. Get in line, slave. <laughs> I just love that. Before you, before you play that clip, I want you. I want to do an interlude here. Right. Play uh, What Does Alexander Mean? And this is a Keith, our buddy, uh, with a uniform mom on who's, work, who's testifying before Congress. And there's a little gotcha in here that I thought was interesting that relates to what you just said. So far, chagrin oversight and compliance our government uses to balance security with civil liberties and privacy. Let me start by saying that I would much rather be here today debating this point than trying to explain how we failed to prevent another 9-11. It is a testament to the ongoing teamwork of the Central Intelligence Agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and the National Security Agency, working with our allies and industry partners, (laughs) that we have been able to connect the dots and prevent more terrorist attacks. Yes. Now, he sounds like, I don't know, but he needs to take some public speaking lessons. Because he talks like or, a kid. Or some pro-vigil, maybe. Our industry, what did, what did he say there? Our industry allies, friends? Our, or, our, indus, our allies and industry partners. Yeah, our industry partners. <laughs> so in other words, corporatism, which is what fascism is. Yes. We've said this a million yes. times. We'll say it again. Mussolini, yep. Is, this is, he's just essentially admitting it. Yes. And our, and our indus, industry friends are probably Facebook and Google Pro- and uh, probably, General Electric. Probably. And, what, where have you been the past <laughs> Probably they are, (laughs) according to the slide. Let me uh, interject uh, because this uh, I I want to thank uh, profusely everyone who supports our program. We could not be doing this analysis, nor could we have in any semblance of your imagination the time to do this if we were not supported by the people who are the producers. And that is monthly producers. That is people who help us with uh, uh, clips, with jingles, with ideas, etc. Yes, it also includes the people who send stupid things because you know from time you, you know you get the good with the bad. It's a balance, a trade off. You got to you know got to figure it out. Uh, but in particularly our uh, executive uh, and associate executive producers, which I'd like to thank first before we continue with our analysis of the uh, uh, Charlie Rose handling of the president. Yeah, we do have a couple uh, for today. We have one uh, executive producer, and it's uh, Jan Dubroka uh, from Sharpsburg, Georgia. Hmm. Uh, and now he's a knight. Sir nice. Dubroka, protector of my family, will be his uh, title. Uh, <laughs> okay. $410. Just complete my first knighthood plus a few extra pennies. My wife says I should be more positive, but when you hear of all the crap going on, it's real hard to think positive sometimes. 
I guess it's true that money and power can corrupt. Just wish I had more power and money. <laughs> yeah, we do too. You could. So, you know. so let me say that uh, you are it, you you are taking the right steps because the road, the path to a healthy life and a happy life is at ver- at the very least understanding that you're being bullcrapped. And once you understand, you feel better no matter what, and you should be able to rise above it because it's not the end of the world. This too shall pass. But to just know it and not be indoctrinated by fear and by uh, you know just tickling your emotions all day long and you being able to be within your family life like that, that's, that is the road to health and happiness. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, as John said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Sir Charles Jordan in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, two twenty two twenty two, who says he didn't get his ring last year. We've been what? sending rings out consistently. A lot of this, I'm going to say this right now because this is the complaint that Eric used to have and Mimi has now. She sends out an email to these people, and not necessarily you, Charles, but they. She sends out an email. She never hears back because I think they think it's spam. I don't know. And that's, you know, if you don't send an email, if you don't get a mailing from her, she always sends something out. And even more, it's like when I do the, the mailing of the newsletter, I, I look at the numbers. I got a mailing system. I use MailChimp. And it tells me, oh, yeah, 40% of the people opened the email. The rest of you guys just threw it away. <laughs> and so this is like a huge problem if you want to get a ring. So that's just saying. Anyway, well, Robert Haggard. Sorry, because now we get to deal with those damn pins. Yeah, the pins are still, we're still doing rings at the moment. All right. We have rings still. All so, right. Robert Hegedus in Spring, Texas, which is right up the road from you. Hi. 22222. Hi, everybody. I w- wanted to wish my beautiful wife, Summer, a happy birthday. Oh, what list. a beautiful name. I got her hooked on the show, and uh, now she shows me a. <laughs> oh, she calls me a boner. <laughs> she calls me a boner for using PayPal. I'll get a bank draft set up soon, honey. Yeah, well, she's right. It sounds like you guys have over 100 donors in Spring, Texas. Uh, Adam, <laughs> you may need to grab Miss Mickey and truck up on here, up to here uh, for a no agenda meetup. We got cold beer and loaded guns. <laughs> what more could you ask for? <laughs> Not By much. the way, if anybody in Spring, Texas has black powder and they shoot black powder, I'll show up. <laughs> Wait, you heard it here first. Because what we're gonna we're gonna do? We're gonna blow stuff up there in Spring, Texas. And, you know, I, I've I've been to ranges where they shoot black powder, and it's just the damnedest thing. It's For one fun. thing, it sounds like the world's coming to an end, <laughs> and I can't imagine what the Civil War must have been like <laughs> with all this racket. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed your rant on Sunday and reading of the names of our lost warriors. It really helps me put things into perspective. Thanks and gig'em. Let me uh, take a look and see how far. Uh, Hedge, Hedgedus. How it's, far is Spring, Hedgedus. Texas, really? Let me see. Spring. Texas. I think you walk. I walk. <laughs> bike ride. I cannot walk. What are you talking about? Walk. Let's see. Spring, Texas. It's that big. Uh, you're cut. You're breaking up for some reason now. Hedgedus. Uh, let me. T- I'll tell you. It is exactly. Come on, Google. I said get directions. Oh, it's three hour drive. It's not it's not like Oh, that's too far. No, it's not. I'd I'd drive that. I'd drive to Spring Tech. It's uh, above Houston. If you if they if, if if Robert here can get make sure they get a group together, it'd be worth it. If they got a well this is, okay, so this email came in and I forwarded it to the shill and uh, we were uh, Miss Mickey and I were coming back from our dance class and I read this to her and she went, Yeah, there's a hundred people, let's go. And now that she knows that you're going to be there if we have black powder, uh, this is, I mean, you can fly right into Houston, 
Well, I'll pick you up. It is a direct flight from San Francisco to Houston. And uh, we'll, we'll make a day of it. Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Uh, Donald Kuhl. Cool. Cool. I think it's Kuhl. Anyway, in Wyndham, New Hampshire, $200. I'm compelled to donate yet again. Adam's rant about our government killing our children last show hit home when my brother's son killed himself today. Jeez. A veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan who was severely depressed after the horrific events he witnessed all in the name of freedom. And he says, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, guys. You're right on at so many levels. Thank you so much. And please, karma to my brother, Fred. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. Exactly. And we have an anonymous $200 donor from Amsterdam who says uh, he's working in the IT security and oil and gas industry. Lots of stories to bring to you soon. Yes, yes. We've gotten quite a few interesting leads from people who, uh, from our um, sysadmins. They're stepping up. It's good. They know know things. Josh Omand in Madison, Wisconsin, 200 bucks. He has a note. Sometime last fall, a no agenda bot called into my local. Listen to this, everybody. I want everyone to listen to this note. A no agenda bot called into my local NPR affiliate and hit everyone listening in the mouth. He sounded sincere and thoughtful, so I took his advice and gave the no agenda show a listen. I haven't missed an episode since. And from my third or fourth episode, I've been looking forward to upcoming episodes. This Wait a uh, that minute. That's my minute. definition of value for value better than any other media I am consuming right now. Huh. So, so someone called in to a local affiliate, promoted the show, and then he caught on to it, and he is now uh, an associate executive producer because of that. Yes. Wow. I need a clip of that. We need a clip of, the, uh, of that promo. That's great. Still, I've been waiting, just waiting for you to give me an excuse not to give you value. An excuse that is, use Adam's mocking voice, so unbelievable, <laughs> I would have to send you an angry email instead. It's time to accept it. I'm not going to find that excuse, and thank you for what you do. Wow. I appreciate your enthusiasm, the content you assemble, your boundless skepticism, and and the network of contributing producers you have attracted. Thank you, Josh Ullman. Uh, and he put his check in for 200 bucks. He's only nice. listened to the show four or five episodes, which kind of makes you wonder why people have been listening for years and have yeah. not helped yeah. us uh and he got it from npr and so he was an he's a convert nice. or maybe not i nice. listen to npr, I listen to NPR. Yeah. sure yeah. so anyway, uh, by, uh, by the way i want to correct him um we haven't collected these producers we've scraped them together over the years <laughs> you know it's like like gum off of your shoe you know you got to go pick them up bring them in reel them in a lot of them are very sick <laughs> we have a lot of them and uh, but I want to thank uh, Josh and Anonymous and Donald and Robert and Charles and Yan for helping us produce this show. Five twenty three, uh, reminding you all to go to dvorak.org slash na channel slash na no agenda show and no agenda nation.com. There's a donate button you can get uh, click on, or you can do a, a time payment through the bank, which is uh, very nice and. Uh, Yes, and it keeps and, the mail running. And we will be thanking uh, the rest of our uh, producers for episode 523 uh, later on. Of As always, the credits given out to our executive producers and associate executive producers are actual credits. You can use them anywhere where credits are accepted. 
um, including the uh, Producers Guild of America and uh, Producers Guilds around the world. And you will find them in the show notes at 523.nashownotes.com. It is highly appreciated. And also thank you to our artist, Martin JJ, uh, gave us the art, the album art for episode 522. And we thank him profusely, noagenartgenerator.com. And a tip of the hat to our producer who says, Adam, howdy. My name is Daniel. Just want, I'm not going to do his last name. Just want to let you know I will be hosting a skateboarding competition this Friday the 21st for National Go Skateboarding Day. And as PR for the show, we'll have a No Agenda table full of free CDs of the latest show to give out. I'll take some pics to send y'all. Hopefully I'll be able to convert the citizens to citizens and turn the El Paso boners into donors. That way I don't have to call them out as douchebags anymore. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, he'll, uh, he'll pick up a couple people. Uh, you know, the the skaters, I think. Yeah, that's what we have to do. I think the yeah. Well, it's also the skaters is kind of in our, uh, uh, it's kind of in our genre there. And uh, oh, and let me say in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and I was so willing to say in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And of course, the human resources in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Dvorak.org. Slash and just before we continue with our analysis of the Charlie Rose interview, here's a formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. That's right, at skateboarding competitions. No service for you! Shut up, Very nice. All right. Good, 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 good. We're off to a, we're on a roll here. Okay, so let's uh, continue with the president, because um, here is where something interesting came up, uh, which was interpreted incorrectly by many uh, across the interwebs. Uh, of course, we have the analysis that you need, so let's listen to uh, with it. With respect to the uh, NSA, uh, a, a government agency that has been in the intelligence-gathering business for a very long time. Bigger and better than everybody else. Uh, bigger and better than everybody else. Now, Really? Was that necessary? Was that really necessary, what Charlie was Rose? That? Bigger and better than anybody else. Bigger and better than is anybody else. Is he working else. for him, or what's the deal? Well, Charlie Rose is working for somebody. But for him to say bigger and better than the NSA, hold on, Mr. President, let me interrupt your valuable time to tell you the NSA is bigger and better than anybody else. Does he mean bigger and better than the CIA? Does he? I think he might. Does I he think, mean bigger and better than what's now, what was once the KGB? Maybe. I don't know. Or MI6 and MI5? But the president clearly says, yes, right, Charlie. Bigger and better than anybody else. Bigger and better. Bigger and Interesting. better. Interesting. I'm sure the CIA is very appreciative of that. Concept. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. What? Uh, and we should take pride in that because they're extraordinary professionals. They're dedicated to keeping the American people safe. Yeah, which is job one. Remember uh, Ford? Didn't Ford have that commercial? Built tough. Ford is job one. Something like that. Wasn't that like Ford's Yeah, slogan? I think it was Ford. Ford. At Ford, safety is job one. Something like that. We should look that up. All right. Uh, 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 what I can say unequivocally is that... Unequivocally. Is it unequivocally? Unequivocally. I guess that's right. Unequivocally. Sounded weird. So he's got me beat on that. If you are a U.S. person... Ah, a U.S. person... What is a U.S. person? Is that a citizen? Well, you know, I okay, you looked into this, I looked into it. I, <clears throat> what did you find out? 
Well, this is a legal term that the president is using because he's slick. And he uses this specifically to point out, and if you look at the Book of Knowledge, that a U.S. person is not just a citizen of the United States. It includes, and this is a big eye-opener for all you Obama bots, it includes corporations and companies. Because guess what? Corporations are people, my friend. It turns out that's true. Uh, Regulation S, uh, this is uh, for the Securities Act, but also is for the NSA. A citizen of the United States is a U.S. person, an alien lawfully admitted under permanent residence, an unincorporated association with a substantial number of members who are citizens of the U.S. or are aliens lawfully admitted for for permanent residence, which is basically the No Agenda show is now a person, a U.S. person, the way I read that. We're unincorporated, we're an association with a substantial number of members who are citizens or are aliens lawfully admitted. We are a U.S. person. This show, no agenda show, a U.S. person. Or a corporation that is incorporated in the U.S. That is the definition of a U.S. person. But also, if you look at the Securities and Exchange Commission under Rule S, it can be in a state of any executor, uh, any trust of which a trustee is a U.S. person, any agency or branch of a foreign entity located in the United States, so any embassy is a U.S. person. It just the list goes on and on and on. What did you come up with? Not that. <laughs> what? That's what. That's what I came up with. This I is, think you got. I'm, I got nothing to top that with. That's what a U.S. person is. It is yeah, a, apparently. In fact, all I know is it keeps cropping up, and it start. It didn't just start cropping up like yesterday. No. This was, I saw this in uh, executive order, which is used, a lot of people should read this thing, by the way. This is the executive order, executive order 12333, or called, it's usually referred to as 12333, which is the order that gives the NSA all this power. And and it goes back pre-Reagan, I believe it was in the 70s, this thing. And it's been modified a few times, but I and I've gone through the modifications. I spent too much time on that and got nowhere. Really, because the modifications were just moving commas. I couldn't find any really real killer in there. Oh, that's interesting. But did you find something? Well, <clears throat> you might find you know if you do this, the, which is looking at the changes in twelve triple three. Right. Over time, I'll right. bet you you find something interesting. I'm I didn't. Gonna, no, I'm going to look at that. I'm but look I did that. see persons used in that thing consistently. And they've changed. Uh, they've changed the word. A- the one thing I did find, I couldn't figure out why. Maybe you could figure it out. They've changed all references to agencies, like intelligence agency or agencies of the CIA or agencies of the government. They've changed all the words of the word agency to element. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> ah, I can soon be part of the natural world. It could be on the periodic table of elements. <laughs> the element. You'll have natrium. So it's an element. You're yeah. an element of the Chloride. Government. CIA. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it does it proscribe in 12333 the CIA doing anything domestically. It's yes. real strong right. in there, and they have not changed that. So the CIA is kind of sitting on the sidelines as the NSA is getting all the publicity for being so big and great. The term U.S. person is used in the context of data collection and intelligence by the United States, particularly with respect to the provisions of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. If information from, about, or to a U.S. person who is not not a named terrorist is captured in the course of U.S. foreign intelligence activities, there are strict rules about preserving the anonymity of such a person in any subsequent intelligence report only if the u.s person informant is relevant to the report is it included so essentially 
it's everything and everybody under the sun that is within our borders is a U.S. person. Even if you, even if you're in corporate, if you're a corporation somewhere else, if you got an office here, you are a U.S. person. Fair game. Okay, and so there's a reason why the president uses this, and this was incorrectly uh, interpreted by many freedom and liberty people as he can't even say citizen. He can't even bring him because he's not a citizen himself. But those are the yokels, you see. <laughs> By the way, when someone asks me what I do from now on, I'm going to say, I'm a yokel. <laughs> I think I can have business cards made. Adam Curry. It used to be local yokel. yokel. <laughs> That's what you should make, you make it rhyme with. <laughs> right. I should rhyme I'm it. a local yokel. What do you, oh, I'm a, uh, nice. I'm a local yokel, too. <laughs> the NSA cannot listen to your telephone calls. And the NSA cannot target your emails. And have not. He said, now, now let's What is just, he saying? <laughs> what is Rose doing? <laughs> well, he's accentuating, you know, um, you know how. How does he, wait, 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 wait. How does he know they have not? How does Rose know anything? <laughs> because he's his handler. Did you not hear me set this whole thing up? Now, he's, by the he, way, he's used, misusing, talk about misusing words. They can read your email. They can. He didn't say they, that. They he didn't say that. Not. He didn't say that. He said target. He didn't say read. He said target. What does that well, mean? Even so, but I mean, he's using. He's got a real misuse of language here. But go on. Let's play it out. So, so Rose. Let me just. Rose is like you know. If you get like uh, the rap guys, they always have a dude next to him, so he doubles the you know doubles the lyric, or says, "Yeah, that's right, bitches." That's what Rose is doing here, like. The NSA cannot and will not and will not. <laughs> and this is total. This is like a rap duo. Cannot listen to your telephone calls. And the NSA cannot target your emails. And have not. And have not. <laughs> they cannot <laughs> and have not. That is and terrible. he repeats it because it, he's forgetting the script. This is the new Obama. And, and Rose is there to hold his hand. By law and by rule. By law and by rule. Oh, write this down, John, because that means something. I couldn't figure it out. But when you, we've got, we've learned this, you get this guy is slick by law and by rule. So rule is not a law. Okay. So something's up with that. And I hate I hate having to second guess this guy, but this, you can't trust him. And uh, unless they, and usually it wouldn't be they, it'd be the FBI, go to a court right. and obtain a warrant. And seek probable cause. The same way it's always been. The same way when we were growing up and we were watching movies. Yeah, uh, you want to go uh, set up a wiretap? You got to go to a judge. Now, this is very smart what he's doing here. He's giving everyone the um, theater of the mind where you have the guys in the van with the Bakelite headphones. I'm listening into the phone calls right now because we have a warrant from the judge. But, of course, he wants to remove from your entire thought pattern, the idea that you correctly pointed out, John, that all these calls are already recorded and stored and that they don't, they don't give a crap about wiretapping, listening in, in the van across the street with the curtains drawn. No, they're just going to retrieve everything you've done so far. Every, every text mail, text message, every email, every phone call, everything. We'll find something. You did something wrong somewhere. Yeah, but then they will get the warrant. Yeah. Get a warrant and then they say, well... You know, I mean, we're going to award for Curry, uh, and we need all his records. And they're going to, besides busting in your place and then making a mess and then not cleaning it up, 
and they won't find anything. And then they, they collect all your phone calls for the last five years, all your email, yep, IMs, text messages, and they'll sift through them with the warrant and find and figure and then then frame you. Right. So let's continue. Show probable cause. And uh, then the, the, the judge but, but looks at the... But have any of those been turned down, cost. all the requests to FISA courts? Have let, they been turned down let, at all? Let, let, let me finish <laughs> here, Charlie, because I want to make sure this debate has gotten cloudy very exactly. quickly. Exactly. All right? Exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. Point number one, if you're a U.S. person... Again, U.S. person. Then NSA is not listening to your phone calls? And it's not targeting your emails? Again, he says targeting instead of reading. Why, why won't he just say reading? Because he's lying. Well, he's not. He's, he's uh, technically not lying. You got to be careful with this guy. Unless it's getting an individualized court order, that's the existing rule. There are two programs that uh, were revealed by Mr. Snowden. Mr. Snowden. Uh, uh, allegedly, alleged, since there's alleged. a criminal uh, investigation uh, taking place, uh, uh-huh. and that caused all the ruckus. Ruckus. Program number one. I think it's the yokels that caused the ruckus. If you ask me. Uh, called the 2015 program. What that does is it gets data from the service providers. Now, let's be very specific. John, you're going to want to write this down because this clip is going to come back to haunt this man. Like a Verizon. In bulk. Isn't this 215? Section 215, yes. He said 2015. He said 21. He said something weird like 215 or anything to make it not sound like what it really is. He used a different. He used a different. You want to hear it? Yeah. He said he, he said twenty one five or some crap like that. And that caused all the ruckus. Program number one uh, called the twenty fifteen program. Twenty fifteen. Well, <laughs> that's what I said. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> twenty fifteen. No, he's thinking twenty fifteen because something's coming due on in the year twenty fifteen, and it was on his mind. I think he has a balloon payment on his mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> What that does is it gets data from the service providers, like a Verizon, in bulk. And basically, you have uh, call pairs. You have uh, my telephone number connecting with your telephone number. There are no names. There's no content in that database. All it is is the number pairs. Uh, when those calls took place, how long they took place. Now, he's very specific about this. So there's nothing else in there, no geographic data, and all it is is the number, which number called which number, what time, and how long the call lasted. He's being very specific about this. So that database is sitting there. Now, database. if the NSA, through some other sources, sources, maybe through the FBI, maybe through a tip, that went to the CIA, mm. maybe through uh, the NYPD, gets a it gets a number that where there's a reasonable, articulable suspicion that and it's hard to articulate articulable. This might involve foreign terrorist activity related to Al Qaeda and some other international terrorist actors. Then what the NSA can do is it can query that database to see. Any of the, the, does this number pop up? Did they make any other calls? And if they did, those calls will be spit out. A report will be produced. It will be turned over to the FBI. 
at no point is any content revealed because there's no content in the so database. So I hear you saying I have no problem with what NSA has been doing. Well, let me let me let me finish <laughs> because I don't. Yeah. So what happened? God, did he sound like Ron Bloom there for a minute or what? <laughs> Seriously, that was that was weird. What happens then is is that the FBI, if in fact it now wants to get content, if in fact it wants to start tapping that phone, it's got to go to the FISA court with probable cause and ask for a warrant. But so, has FISA courts turned down any request? They, because, the first of all, Charlie, the, the number of requests are surprisingly small. Number one. No. <laughs> yes. What are you talking about? There's over 30,000 of that's them. Is that small? That's surprisingly small. And by the way, small. this is the second time he asked the question because everyone knows the FISA court, I think, is refused out of 30,000 requests or so, zero. like three. No, I don't think any. Because it was the guy's own number, I guess, on the court. Right. Um, so he's being very – now, there's also this I, this concept of content. I, you know, I, this is only because we've learned we've got to listen to what he's saying. So, you know, the definition of content, I'm not sure what that means exactly – but this, he's being very specific here. But he's also, and this is what I find kind of cool, he's averting or avoiding the entire conversation about what is really going on, about the the, the wholesale uh, tapping of all the data streams and storing it in the uh, in whatever NSA liquid storage facility that is being built or already exists. So this is about a procedure that is after the fact. But it, he's he's not denying that everything is being stored and uh, and ready-made for any future retrieval. Number two, folks don't go with a query unless they've got a pretty good suspicion. Should this be true? That, that, by the way, is a country song. Folks don't go with the query unless there's some pretty good suspicion. My word. Transparent in some way. It is transparent. That's why we set up the FISA court. Okay. Uh, look, the, the whole point... Uh. Of the secret FISA court is transparent. My concern before I was president, because some people say, well, you know, Obama was this raving liberal before. Now he's, you know, Dick Cheney. Dick right. Cheney sometimes <laughs> says, yeah, you know, he took it all lock, stock and barrel. My yeah. concern has okay. always been not that we shouldn't do intelligence gathering to prevent terrorism, but rather are we setting up a systems of checks and balances? So on this telephone program, you've got a federal court with independent federal judges overseeing the entire program and you've got congress overseeing the program not just the intelligence committee not just the judiciary committee but all of congress had available to it before the last reauthorization exactly how this program works now yeah where they got railroaded through one last point i want to make because what you'll hear is people say okay we have no evidence that it has been abused so far wait a minute didn't fisa get renewed on like january 1st didn't the president sign it like a New Year's Eve or something? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's. Well, I think the NDAA was in that category. Uh, and they say, let's worse. even grant that uh, Obama's not abusing it. There are all these processes, DOJ is examining it, it's being audited, it's being renewed periodically, etc. The very fact that there's all this data in bulk, it has the enormous potential for abuse because they'll say, you know, you can, when you start looking at metadata, even if you don't know the yeah. names, you can... Wait a minute. Now all of a sudden there's metadata. Match it up. If, if there's a call to an oncologist and you, it's a call to a lawyer and you can pair that up and figure out maybe this person's 
dying and they're writing their will and you can yield all this information. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, thank you for that ex- outstanding Another example. Another good example of why this is bad. <laughs> Except for the fact that for the government under the program right now to do that, it would be illegal. No, but that's, this is that's what... That's the point. That's why Snowden <laughs> came out saying this was illegal. He said he could he could do these phone calls. He could listen in. And that's the point of his whistleblowing, which is what whistleblowers do. They say, look, you guys are doing something that's illegal. We would not be allowed to do that. So what are you going to change? Are you going to issue... <laughs> but we're not allowed to do it. Any kind of instructions to the uh, director of national intelligence? Mr. Clapper, and say, I want you to change it at least in this way. Here, here, here's uh, what we need to do. Oh, no, nothing needs to be changed according to these people. Before I say that, and I know that we're running out of time, but I... I'm running out of time. <laughs> what? I want to make sure I get uh, very clear on this, because there's been a lot of misinformation. By the way, he said this, there was like 20 minutes left in the interview. Information out there. There is a second program called the 702 program. Right. Uh-huh. And what that does is that does not apply to any U.S. person. has to be... Uh, a foreign entity. It can only be narrowly related. So he's, he's not, right now he's just going, he's just like, I don't know what you just said, but I'm talking about something else. I'm just not going to address that question. You want to hear the last minute or are you done? No, I, I, this, no. Is, this, yeah, is, this is over. over. This is done. I'm done. We, uh, we get the picture. Yeah, but so we're keeping this clip because this will come back to haunt him because he is saying things that just, you know, he's, he's he literally says, people don't trust me, but you got to trust me because it would be illegal to do what we're being accused of doing. <laughs> so you got to trust me because I'm I'm the president. My job is to protect you. I wouldn't do that. No, bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I got just a, since we're still on this kind of a topic. Uh, I can find my clips. Uh, we do have Alexander. Uh, I got the one. I gave you the one clip earlier. I got another one, which is kind of along the same lines. And I, I do have a, this is kind of like an Ask Adam. This is Alexander and, you know, the so-called 50 incidents. Yes. You know, after the billions and billions of dollars. I mean, I think they should just put a sign up. If you want to do a terrorism, we'll give you $100,000 not to. They'd save so much money. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so here's the 50 incidents. And I, I got to ask you this after you play this. In a classified setting, gives every one of those cases for your review. We'll add two more today publicly. We'll discuss. But as the chairman noted, if we give all those out, we give all the secrets of how we're tracking down the terrorists as a community, and we can't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me ask you this question. All right, all right. So he's saying that we got 50 incidents, and we're going to give tell you what they are in a classified setting, yes. but we'll give two to the public, which are the two bogus ones we've talked about in the last <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, the beauty store heist. And, yeah, and uh, some other dumb thing that had nothing to do with. I know it was the guy who was going to blow up uh, Wall Street, right? Who, the, the who stock was, exchange? Who was given the the the, the phony explosives by the FBI? Yeah, they set the guy. They set him up. The patsy. Set him up. Yeah, the patsy. Yeah, so this got nothing to do with the NSA. But so there's 48 other incidents that mm. they can't talk about because it'll give away the tech. Wait a minute. Let me get this. I'm going to ask you this by telling me that somebody tried to blow up the Bay Bridge. Uh, on January 7th, uh, 2005, uh, and that was one of the things we thwarted. That's what you'd say. Mm-hmm. How does this give away anything? They're not They're not going to give the case file out. They're just going to mention it, right? Yeah. 
Wouldn't you, if you're going to say, well, give us the example of 50. Okay, here's example one. On January 2nd, 2003, there was this. On January 10th, 2004, there was this. And they do all 50 of them. They just tell you what they were, what horrible things could have happened, but they didn't. They were stopped. How does this have anything to do with methodology? That would be giving it away to the to the terrorists. What's the method? Where's methodology and 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 exemplification? How are the two the same? How is an example have have anything to do with methodology? And why does everybody just lap this bull crap up? That is the kind there of are fifty. That's the point. That's the kind of question I want to see on the Miss America pageant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's bull crap because. <laughs> You know, there's 48 states and we got Hawaii and Alaska. There was 50. So if we give you those two, then clearly the terrorists can't win. It's all about education. Thank you, Miss Texas. Now, the, well, I find this to be really annoying that this continues and, and nobody, there's one or two. And there's, if, if somebody gets into it and they start yelling and screaming or saying this is bullcrap, then they get. You're a terrorist. You know, Shut up. They're ter- exactly. Shut they're terrorists. They're terrorists. Shut up. So I I love though I love the fact that uh, that you know it's like now they're just rolling everything out about the G twenty spying. You heard about that in the UK? Oh yeah, this has become a scandal and it's, it's hurting the G eight. Uh, um, no, it's not. Yeah. not hurt. No, it's not hurting the G eight. Here's the no no yeah. no. Here's the G twenty clip. It is a, a very serious revelation, I would imagine. This is Don Lemon. God, he's getting he's, <laughs> he's, he's starting to flaunt it a little bit, don't you think? <laughs> but I would think that most people might not find this out of the ordinary. So how can he say this? This is what kind of gets me is that, oh, we don't find this strange. What is the big revelation in all of this? What's the takeaway here? I think there are going to be several takeaways. One is the timing. It seems to be time to embarrass the British government. The G8 summit is getting underway right now. So it couldn't come at a worse time. Absolutely couldn't. So this is Nick Robertson, who uh, used to set up the satellite dish for CNN. He's now the senior correspondent for all foreign affairs. And he's talking about the G8 um, in this regard, uh, which I have a, a clip from Heiko Herman from. The real embarrassing part of the G8 is that they went to Northern Ireland to have this. Do you know that, because Northern Ireland is a ghost town, that they, you can Google this, they put up pictures in the shop windows, the show, the closed, empty shop windows, they put up pictures to make it look like there was a bakery, a butcher shop. Have you seen this? Yeah. It's so, that's the disgusting part of the G8. And the other... Sorry. Well, there's also the when you see some of the the footage of the kind of armored vehicles and crazy. <laughs> yeah, some like they're spending like seventy million dollars for lunch, on, just lunch on 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 security at this obscure place out in the middle of nowhere. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, of course. Let's leave behind, you see. we got to leave some stuff behind. Revelation will be some of the specific targeting, setting up a fake Internet cafe to trick delegates at this summit. Why do you do you get this the vision that there was some African guy with a hat and the robe and they were like, hey, come on, you can do your Internet over here. And this yeah, internet- yeah let, let me get this straight. You have a summit of the some of the biggest elites in the world. And they to get on the Internet, they have to go to an Internet cafe. <laughs> I can Does just, this make sense to anybody? I can just see the guy, you know, with the colorful hat 
Yeah, hey, I got to get on the internet. Well, there's an internet cafe down the street. Well, how much does it cost? I think it's like, I feel right at home from Nigeria. I'm always used to doing my internet in the cafe. Uh, All he does is send out letters. (laughs) Their computers, so email accounts can be hacked, so that uh, keystrokes can be learned on their computers. Blackberry's hacked. The Blackberry thing, I've always been amazed that, that that any organization in the universe would use a BlackBerry thinking it's secure since everything runs through the BlackBerry servers. I've never understood this idiocy. A bank of 45 people to monitor phone calls in real time of these delegates <laughs> and this information to be fed to British ministers in real time so that they can make real-time decisions during this summit about, about how they deal with it and get the outcome they want. And, and meanwhile, our president's worried about the Apple iPhone. We suck. Yeah, compared to this kind of spying. Brits got it down. But perhaps very embarrassing, and, and again, um, this, go, this is one of the going to be the takeaway revelations, that um, very careful monitoring of the Russian president, then Dmitry Medvedev. Yeah, bull crap. What this is all about always, always, bottom line, always, is getting the goods on some guy ordering a hooker. It's best if it's, a, it's homosexual or transgendered or weird or leather or or underage or something weird. And that's what this is all. That's always the leverage. Always. That's what it's always about. And we know what that else this would it be about yeah. this, this whole thing, this snooping, the basis of most snooping. And, the, and I think this falls right into the NSA and everyone else's blackmail. So here's the haiku Herman about the G8. Which, if, you know how everyone, like Alex Jones and Webster Tarpley, and everyone's at, at the Bilderberg Conference, ooh, which was in um, Elton John's town there, was it? Uh, yeah, it's someplace. Yeah. There's, again, uh, of course, club. I think I've, you've, you, you say I come around to some of your concepts. I think you've come around to mine on this yeah, one. Yeah, it's a drinking club. Drinking it's a drinking club. club. The real New World Order is these guys. The most important moment of this G8 meeting was the meeting we had on Syria. It's a very divisive issue. The events are tragic. And it struck me that everybody made an effort to come closer in their positions. And so we decided as soon as possible to start the Geneva Conference. Okay, so what does this mean? So so these eight people, and these are the top, these are the top guys, truly the top, Including uh, Putin and Obama and Merkel and Haiku and everyone's there. So this is this is tr- and the China guy. They're all there. They decide to do the G- the Geneva conference about Syria with the aim of a transitory government with real executive powers. That's- so they just decide. <laughs> Like, they hey, just took over the place. Yeah, let's just fuck this right guy. Right before our very yeah, eyes, they took yeah. over the place. Yeah, let's just fuck this guy out. There's a lot of things to be done. Wow. Uh, but the political will to engage in negotiations was very clearly present in the meeting with the Russians and with the Americans. Now, he's going to tell us how it's different from the G20, which is what that spying was all about. We are not speaking with speaking notes, uh, with papers most of the time. It is a free conversation. And even if we speak on what, what's happening in, in the European Union, for instance, we do it spontaneously. Uh, so this creates a special climate. It's totally different in the G20 meetings, where it is more ritual, more formalized, because we are also with many many more actors than at the G8 meetings. Yeah, exactly. There's more actors. <laughs> I'm 
why does he say this? Everyone's using that term actor because yeah, it's like because they're actors. So let's let's remind people who's in the G eight, which is actually nine people. Um, you have Canada, Harper, France, uh, Hollande, Hollande, Germany, Merkel, Merkel, Italy, Enrico Letta, Japan, uh, Abe, uh, Russia, Putin. United Kingdom, Cameron, Barack Obama, and Haiku Herman. Wait, isn't, who's the, isn't, who's isn't, the ninth man out? Isn't China in? No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought they were a part of the of the G eight. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, they just had. They can be their own little G eight all by themselves. Pretty much. No, they're not in. And so they all uh, sit there and talk about it. Pretty European centric with oh, Japan as wrong. the kind of the outsider and Russia a little bit. Hmm. And they run the world, pretty much. Yeah. This is the new no, world. But no Brazil, nothing from the Southern Hemisphere whatsoever. No Australia, no Brazil. How about the nobody, Brazil? No African countries. Hey, how about that Brazil? Nobody by the way. from the Middle East. I love that Brazil. They're going, Brazil. Cra- they're going crazy. Oh, Brazil. Yeah, I know. We have to get on this one because you know, this is typical uh, Western European style coverage. And Brazil, meanwhile, is just blowing up because of a <laughs> 25 cent. Uh, increase in the fare on no, a bus. No, no, no. That's they're they're no, sick and tired of it. it yeah. It's just like the thing that happened in Turkey, where there yeah. was the, began with a little. Pro, you know, these things are these, some of these little protests can blow up to big deals, and these governments don't realize that they may be sitting on a time bomb with something else. They should just immediately give in on the first thing. Just give in. Well, I saw I, I saw some of the the video, and th- this is this is not like a little CIA USAID stir up that someone did. This in this Brazil, thing, yeah, no. no, this is real. These people are yeah. fucking pissed. Yeah, that's why it's not being covered. Yeah, well, I, I got this coverage. Hundreds of thousands on the streets, the biggest demonstrations in Brazil for two decades. The mood of what started as a peaceful gathering in Rio de Janeiro soon changed. Protesters threw rocks at police and set fire to the state assembly building. The trigger, an increase in the price of bus fare in Sao Paulo. Yeah, you can't actually hear it very You should look at the, the video report because you can't really hear what they're saying. But the, oh, And by the way, oh, they're pretty down there in Brazil. Oh, so beautiful, these people. And they're all saying, you know, we're sick and tired. We're sick and tired of this World Cup coming in. There's eight, right, and then the Olympics, all the money's going to be yeah. wasted. Yeah, it's like we get nothing. It's, just, it's, it's equal to Africa. Remember when they had the World Cup in Africa? It's the same thing. This is no difference. And then, you know, the, the Brazilians get nothing. They get, you know, here, have a stick. <laughs> you could, stick. Here, have a vuvuzela to blow on outside the stadium, outside the safe zone. And they can go blow on their horn somewhere else. And then the elites come in. And yeah, and it's it's FIFA. They get all the money. FIFA is a horrible organization, the International Football Federation, and uh, I, the uh, IOC, the International Olympic Committee, the elite crapola a-holes of the, of the universe. And, the, and thank you. The slaves are finally sick and tired of it. We can, you're right. That's why it's not being covered, because we could take an example. Because all you have to do is just come out in these numbers, and then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Not much you can do when you had a quarter of a million people in Brazil can get a crowd together. Oh, yeah. They and got some big, and, big cities down And there. they seem to be enjoying it. Like party, you know? like. Well, the Brazilians are the number one party capital of the world. And they and hate so, that, by the way. This is what I want. They, they don't really necessarily like the idea that when you think of Brazil, all you can think of is carnival and football. They're tired of that, too. 
I don't know about that. That's in this report. If you look at the whole report, they're like, we're tired of that. We want. Well, I we think want they're to- tired of getting scammed, but I. <laughs> We want to do more. I've never, ever noticed a Brazilian being tired of being a partier. No, of of having that brand, that label. Look, I'm just telling you what I saw. Okay. So now let's see. Let's go across the globe to uh, Haiku Herman's backyard to Belgium. Um, Now, I've lived in Belgium. Miss Mickey has lived in Belgium. We've both, uh, uh, we grew up in the Netherlands. We've seen this change. We've seen the uh, the third um, infiltration of the Ottoman Empire, which we've discussed many times on this program. And now it's just about to get very real in Belgium, which, as you'll recall, um, has pretty much been without a government uh, since we started this show. Right. And now look what's happening. The Muslim party in Belgium says it's preparing to campaign for setting up an Islamic state there. Two candidates from the newly established Islam party won seats in a recent municipal election. Let's discuss this now with Philip Klaas, a Belgian Euro MP. Thank you so much, Mr. Klaas, for joining RT. Now, the party plans to run in Belgium's national election in two years' time. What do you make of their achievements thus far? Well, of course, it's very worrying to see what's happening now. We see people from uh, with an Islamic background uh, forming their own political parties now and demanding, you know, the introduction of Sharia law and an Islamic state in Belgium. Uh, we've always predicted this, uh, but up till now, um, Muslim people uh, mainly supported uh, the socialist parties and other leftist parties, but now they feel apparently confident enough uh, to make make their own party and to make their own reivindications and uh, this is uh, something really worrying I think. But, you know many Belgium cities including Brussels have neighborhoods with mainly Muslim populations. Uh, don't you think it's yes. only natural for those people to want their representatives to be in power? Well, um, first of all, the the people who come into our country, and I'm not talking about just Belgium, but any other country in the European Union, um, people coming into the EU should adapt to a set of values, I think. uh, uh, Good luck. (laughs) That's a good luck. Good luck. (laughs) Well, this is clearly uh, a a right-wing propagandist, but this is the feeling that is going on all over Europe. And we've been talking about this for a long, long time on this show. And it's going to happen in our lifetime. We're going to see, uh, it's going to get very, very ugly. And I think this is your 2017 mark, John. It's going to get really ugly in Europe. It really is. You have no, um, it's so hard for for us in America to imagine. You know, we're the big melting pot and you know, we've got every kind of person walking around yeah, and for some reason it works. I, I can't explain it. But when you've had a thousand, well, it's like, yeah, a thousand years of a closed society, closed culture, and all these independent Europe states, as they're now known, um, had, you know, kind of kept to themselves, and now you get this, this, this actual infiltration, it's going to come to a head. People are going to start freaking out. Anders Breivik was just the beginning of what you're going to see in Europe. Right now, the number of Muslims in Europe has grown from 29 million in 1994 to 44 million. The Muslim population is projected to exceed 58 million by 2030. They account for about 6% of Europe's total population, up from 4%. Uh, it's going to go up to 8. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I can see where they would get into areas where they could take over the local government and then 
vote in Sharia law and see what happens because it would be just yeah, it'll it, get in. It's a lot of in. people. Yeah. If you have eight percent of your population at one ethnic group that can actually get out and vote mm-hmm. because, you know, you have these, uh, you know, as, if it's part of a religious movement and everyone, you know, all these people vote because most people vote, you know, what if 40 percent of the population votes, typically 50 mm-hmm. and you have this this small percentage that looks bigger because they all actually get out and vote. I think it, it could be an interesting situation. 2017, I think, was your number, right? Well, that's when, yeah, that's a, well, that's an economic uh, number. It's not a, it's not the war number. The war number is 2020. Oh, is that when the war starts or ends? No, actually, the way it works, and if you look at the, it's an 80-year cycle. It started with the American Revolution. 80 years later, we had the Civil War. 80 years later, later, you can check these numbers. 80 years later, we had World War II. And 80 years later is 2020, and that will be something. Now, these, the World War II, for example, started before we got involved. Right. But, yeah, it but, started. But it's for- still basically on this 80-year pattern. Mm-hmm. And so in 2020, mm-hmm. the sh- and, and the thing is, this is one of the things I've been trying to find, which is the indicators of what the war will be. Will it be a war against China? I don't think so. I think it's going to be what it looks like it's because since it's never been resolved it wasn't resolved in world war one where it wasn't a big war for us but it, we got involved at the end mm-hmm. it wasn't resolved in world war one it wasn't resolved but before world war one there's all these fighting fighting going on it wasn't resolved in world war two as we can see by today's politics uh and yeah you can put together a european union and you won't have war supposedly but you have a civil war even if you had a one world government you have civil wars then same thing ethnic strife uh, it's it's going to happen again. I think it's going to happen in Europe. It's, I think this may be part of it. And it's possible that because of the economic situation of 2017, which is your prediction, and according to your cycle, that they may have to move the war forward because war does, of course, that's how you get out of economic problems. Is you ha- you have a big well, that's war. That's a Marxist uh, economic thesis, but I'm not sure that's true. Uh, but uh, well, I, who, I, I, hey, hello, I, who's running Europe? You're telling me these aren't Marxist a holes? Yeah, well, that's okay, true, and that's what they would think. Yeah, that's what, that's my point. I'm not saying let's do this, but we'll see. We'll I'm see. a lover, it's, not it's, a fighter. I, I, this, you know, this is material for the show the way I see it. Yep. No, I, and I'm and I'm all with you. Good so, news. Good news. They finally have a buyer for the uh, the Greek port. Remember, they were asking 800 million euros for it. Right. Sold for 400 million euros. How is it possible? <laughs> This is the uh, the Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund who is doing this. Now, this is the, the same way they, they, they ruined uh, East Germany when they were not ruined, but they stole all the all the goods, all the assets with the fund, which is basically all the banksters sit in this fund. And so this Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund, which you can find at HRADF.com. I mean, there is so much cool stuff for sale, John. Uh, I, I think we should uh, we should get in on it. <laughs> Let's buy some. Let me give you the options here. Um, we have the international broadcast centers for sale. Um, there's there's uh, twenty eight. Let me see. There's camping. Would you like a camping ground? How about the thermal springs? Would you like to buy that? Oh, that would be cool. Let's take a look at the thermal springs. Hold on. Let's what do see. they want for that? Let's see. Thermal springs, wellness, and thermal tourism. So they give us some background here. This is eighty eight Adapasis. Location, very popular thermal spa destination in Greece, located in northwestern coastal front of the Evia Island. Access from the mainland, um, temperature, beautiful temperature. 
Well, there's a couple of them. There's like seven or eight of these. There's no, for further inquiries, you have to contact them. So there's eight thermal springs for sale. Um, is there anything, would you like some infrastructure? Well, it depends. Is, I is, is, it, is it something you can charge money to that yes. people use? Yes, we have the, um, the, the motorway. We have the water. Oh, I love the motorway. Or do you want the Public Power Corporation? Or regional uh, airports? Actually, public power is probably a better idea. <laughs> That's all places for sale. <laughs> What's the digital dividend? What's that? What's the digital dividend? That's also di the radio. Oh, ooh. It's a we server can, farm. We can get, no, the frequencies. The radio frequency spectrum is a valuable national resource of high potential. That's why we're selling it to a-holes from outside the country. It facilitates the operation of commercial TV, radio broadcasting, and mobile telecommunication providers. Well, we should be getting us some frequencies. We can get yeah. 790 to 862 megahertz. That's what they call the digital dividend. And then also... That's AM, of course. Uh, that's... No, that's... No. Yeah. 790 megahertz? Oh, you're right. That is AM. Yeah. That's high for AM. They want too much for it? Is that what you're saying? They're not giving you prices. That's what I hate. We can also get the... Uh, this is typical. It's like going into an art dealer. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't see prices next to the art, you yeah. know it's a ripoff. And, and, and they'll have like an orange sticker on some of them like someone really bought it. Yeah, right. And then there's also the 2.5 gig and to 2.69 gig band, which is basically... Was that Wi-Fi? Yeah, well, 2.3 is Wi-Fi, so it's in that area. It's this probably for uh, uh, licensed... Um, uh, over-the-air internet kind of thing. I just find it... Or phones, phones, good for phones. I, 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 I really get bile in my throat when I read how, how this is being done and how they're just selling it all off. Who is they? The fund. The Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund. Who are these people? Okay. Well, we've, we have gone through this. We have... Yeah, they're a bunch of douchebags. Well, it's... It's Out of Greece, of all places, and the thing we always have to remember for people who are new to the show, we've researched this to death in, in Greece. Greece is the most productive workers, workforce, period, in terms yeah. of productivity yeah, numbers. Work, work They're way over anybody. the top. Work more so than why anybody. did they somehow take it in the shorts and all this malarkey? The Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund was established on the 1st of July, 2011, under the medium-term fiscal strategy uh, from the Troika, of course. The new law aimed to restrict governmental intervention in the privatization process and its further development within a fully professional context, i.e. bring in some outside a-holes to do it for us. Board of Directors. We, I think we've done this, Board of Directors. Uh, we have Stelios Stavridis. He's the president and chairman of the board. Um... What is he from? He is... Probably a bank. No, they're all bankers. Yeah. He's the honorary chairman of the Franchise Association of Greece, whatever that is. Uh, who's this guy? Giannis Emeris, born in Athens, graduate of the Athens School of Economics, MBA from Columbia, Alpha Bank. Okay, yeah, Alpha Bank. There's one banker. Andreas Trapropanizanis, he is a post-bank banker. Gee, it's bankers, John. How could this be? And then we have another bankers guy. Bankers getting on my nerves. <laughs> it's all bankers. Yeah. They got a nice boardroom, though. Wow. Bitching chairs. Uh, so that is in many countries' future. Many, many countries can look forward to this awesomeness. But it's all just, right. meanwhile, well, it just kind of continues. So, uh, no, we, we... By the way... I would just since we're talking about the G eight, 
<coughs> just play the global tax avoidance clip, just the beginning of it, because this is what they were supposed to be talking about, not Syria. And had planned to discuss issues such as global tax avoidance and sustainable economic growth. But it looks like rising tensions over the escalating crisis in Syria are going to eclipse that formal agenda. So, okay, and going to be- so apparently they had an agenda before this, you know, unlike our show, they had an agenda. And it was and I guess they're very preoccupied with this global tax avoidance problem that all these countries have. Because, you know, one country's storing their money in some other country and then other countries. And so they've got to put a stop to it. <laughs> but they didn't get to it. They're going to have to have another meeting. Yeah. <laughs> because Obama had to go off to uh, speak at the at the Brandenburg, uh, the Bilderberg Gate. Yes. Now, this was problematic for our uh, for our president. He was sweating. Uh, it wasn't really working out. And what is... Since when do we put him in an aquarium? Did you see that? Oh, that's right. I mean, yeah. I mean, is 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 are the Germans out to kill our president? I uh, well, because he spies on them, maybe. Well, so here's uh, let's l- listen to the hagiographic commentary from the Obama bot channels. President Obama calls. This is a, a compilation of CNN for freedom, equal opportunity, and a reduction in the world's nuclear stockpiles. This is in a historic speech in Germany. This happened earlier today. Back in Berlin, Barack Obama in the footsteps of Reagan and JFK. The images are awesome. You can't be at the Brandenburg Gate without hearkening back to so many moments in history. Yeah, I can because it sucked. It was a horrible speech. He was stumbling all over himself. He was not standing there out in the free. He was in an aquarium because I guess the Germans are going to shoot him. And here's MSNBC on hard, hard noggins. He has gotten along very well with Merkel. That, there's, a, there's a relationship What is that there. relationship? I, you know, I, I, I wondered about that. I wondered if it isn't what he started with. We don't look like uh, the normal, normal leaves. They're, they're kind of outsiders. He's from the East. She's, she's, he's Afri- African-American. Yeah, that thing they're from both, the East is almost like a minority. Exactly, exactly. They're both outsiders who are now leading ah. these societies. I think in a way, you know, Barack and Angela are the new Ronnie and Maggie. And, no. Now, but here's the funniest. Here's the funniest. So, of course, as, as Chris Matthews, uh, the, the Obama bot extraordinaire, you have to explain why, you know, this was not, so this was all set up, obviously. The, you know, everyone was, they had their talking points, they had their scripts. It's legendary. Oh, the Germans loved it. It looked so New World Order-ish, by the way. And then, you know, but then he was sweating, he was stumbling, he wasn't getting the words out. And, of course, you need to be apologetic. And how do we do that? Last, Chris, what is that? What is that? Well, I think a lot of the problem he had today was the uh, the, 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 uh, late afternoon sun in Berlin, I think, ruined his use of the teleprompters. And so his usual dramatic windup was ruined. I think he was really struggling with the text there. But on the more, I think the headline's going to be balance. (laughs) He couldn't read the teleprompter because of the sun. Uh, I can see that happening. Of course, that's exactly what happened. And then he falls apart. And so that's an excuse? Yes. I can't read the teleprompter, so now I can't talk? I'm not that good anymore. How about, you know, what a pro does on TV, (laughs) they have the printout in front of them. Yeah. yeah, and they're usually they're flipping the page. You people have seen this. You you watch an anchor, the ones that really know what they're doing. I mean, if you're an amateur, and I've had this happen to me, 
you the teleprompter blows up, and then you got your papers in front of you, and then you got to stumble through. You gotta, what the hell was I? Yeah. And you got to flip through trying to find your place. The pros, and you'll watch them do this. They're talking, and then they flip a page. Yeah. They're talking, and they're not even looking at the paper. They're looking at the prompter, and the prompter's telling them where the page is ending, and they, they reach down, and they flip a page. And you see yeah. them flipping pages but not looking at these pages. Yes. That is what you're supposed to do. And, and Obama needs to move to this model because if he can't speak, if the teleprompter drops dead, he's doomed. It makes him look like an idiot. Well, he pretty much. Don't you think it would be funny exactly to have flipping paper? He, he was flipping paper. You didn't see that? No, he was flipping paper? Yes. Well, then how did he, why didn't he just go to the paper? Because he's also trying to do his look. Uh. He's not a professional. He's not a good actor. He's not a good actor. That's just the bottom line. Sorry. Just not so, not a good actor. So what you're talking about CNN and these hagiographic, which I think is the wrong way I'm using it, but whatever. Hagiographers. Um <laughs> I'm listening to Eric Burnett. Eric? Eric, yeah. <laughs> Eric Burnett, yeah. So she's on a, uh, this, she does this twice, and I was thinking, wow, this woman is, this is weird, she's preoccupied with this. Play the uh, clip that says. WTF? N- no, no, that's actually a funny clip. Well, play that clip, no, we'll play that clip later. The one you want is uh, Aaron Burnett stops on the word murder, part one. Oh, okay. Here we go. He had to get out of the U.S. and that the government, quote, is not going to be able to cover this up by jailing or murdering me. Murdering? So this is talking about... <laughs> about Snowden. Snowden. Yeah. And he's made this come they're going to murder him, which... Yeah. Do you think that's not... Is she so naive to think that that would never happen in a million years because it's crazy? Well, it's crazy talk? Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. Because they don't kill journalists unless you are from Rolling Stone and BuzzFeed. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so, but play the second one. She plays. She, she gets into it again on the murder. She can't believe that. Bernard oh, on murder part two. Yeah, I got it. I'm just bumbling. I'm a yokel. And, and what about his allegations here? The U.S. He had to get out of the U.S. because the government is is not going to be able to cover this up by jailing or murdering me. The U.S. government murdering someone for this. No, I mean, that, that is just ridiculous. That's just um, crazy talk. We don't murder people. We dispose of them. Well, anyway, I just found that be- peculiar. Well, because she's she's counsel on foreign relations, John, please. So anyway, so yeah, okay, we might as well, well, we can talk about this or we can take a break for the yeah. producer list. Um, I, I, can we talk about Hastings? We gotta talk. I also have a potential clip of the day. No. We haven't had I'm a gonna clip do of like the- you did last time. I have a potential clip of the day, and I'm hoping to get the great award. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to bitch about uh, NPR's new facility. Oh, okay. Well, we we can take time out for that. Because this giant new facility it costs millions and millions of dollars, so they can, you know. So, so NPR. Off. This is uh, where was this article? This was, I think, was it the New York it's Times? A beautiful place, by the way. Oh, four hundred thousand square foot offices, North Capitol. Yeah, which is like hello, high the, rent district, a very high rent district. Um, okay, so there was this uh, tour. Was it Fishbowl, D.C.? I don't know who did this, but it was pretty funny. So here's what they learned about the uh, about the new NPR facility. Everybody at NPR just wants to be together. 
It's one of those oh, open spaces. NPR developed its own digital content management system to organize and plan its shows. Why? <sighs> Everybody really loves the new building. NPR likes random decorations with their logo, like a do- like a gong or a dog statue. <laughs> it's like a dog statue with the NPR logo on it, like the, his master's voice or something. Um, the science desk started an underground candy bar market to combat the poor vending selection. Wow. The building is expected to be LEED gold certified, and the almost 800-person staff... Wow. 800... And this is this 800. is and this is just the central guys. Yeah, and, they're all spread out all over the country. Yeah, uh, but there was an update to this report. Contrary to reports spreading on Twitter, this story has never indicated NPR's building was paid for with taxpayer money. The story makes no mention of funding whatsoever. While it is true that NPR and its affiliates, like many tax-exempt nonprofit organizations, do receive small government grants, such money, according to NPR's audited financial statements, is a relatively small part of the organization's budget. That's right. It's paid for with underwriters, gifts, and donations. Yeah, underwriters. This thing cost $201 million, this building. And that's off the top. Yeah, $201 million. Yeah. I want people to pay attention to that as as we read our donation list. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Uh, let me just make mention if we were to raise 201 million dollars i will personally blow every single one of you and one of our donors would get this uh, treat <laughs> derek Bowley in north sydney uh, new south wales 100 bucks uh, I'll second, be- here's my second knighthood turbo plan payment uh, Adam missed the film reference in the donation segments of Sunday's show. Andrew Largeman is the Zach Braff character in Garden State, 2004, a film still worth watching. Hmm. I-M-H-O. Okay. I am uh-huh. not familiar with the film. I shall give it a whirl. Put it on the list. Mm-hmm. John Smith, if that is indeed his real name, $100. Uh, so do you think we should start saying spooks on the tap? When we say in the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, and spooks on the tap. No. No. Uh, Now, here's a good $100 donation from Donald Silva because he's got a a note that we need to read. Send it in. Another noteworthy note came in the mail. Uh, Dear John and Adam, recently I wanted to know something about Monsanto that I heard on your podcast. Okay. And I went to your show notes. The amount of material you two generated for a single show is astonishing. Uh Uh-huh. That made me want to contribute another $100 to the show. Don in El Cerrito. Thank you. Well, and people should check out the show notes for this show. 523.nashownotes.com. Uh, John Donovan, Sir D in San Jose, California, seventy-seven, seventy-seven. William Smith and Nat Chidotoches. <laughs> oh, I, I, I forgot the. Uh, 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 seventy-three, seventy-three. Carson Overschwartz Nielsen. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. Uh, sixty-nine, sixty-nine, and we have all these sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Well, we don't have that many today. So we finally boiled down to one, two, three, four which includes Mark Morley and Twickenham, 
UK, Missile Gallagher says Missile in the UK. Uh, my name's pronounced Mahal, like U Hall, but for me, Mihal. <laughs> so it's M I C E A L is pronounced Mihal. Nice. Yeah. Uh, impossible. Uh, John Anderson in Lafayette, Louisiana, and that closes the segment. 69! Wow. Wow. 69! It's still alive, but just still barely. Still alive, but yeah, barely, barely, yeah. It's barely. probably drop dead this yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Charles Small, Chesterfield, Missouri, uh, 6789. Oscar Quiroga in spring, another one in spring, Texas. Can mm-hmm. you say Porter, Texas, for my city? I haven't changed my address over yet, sorry. Mm. But he's probably close enough. Pat Deary, Sir Pat Deary in Sarnia, Ontario. Uh, we have him down for birthday. Alan Peterson in Kirkwood, Missouri. Double nickels on the dime. Also, Rob Warren. In Sunderland, Steph, Stephen, playing Stephen in Denver, Stephen in Denver, 5510. James Mann. I think it's Stephen, but that's Steven, an argument. Stephen, yeah. Stephen. Ringgold, Louisiana, double nickels on the dime. Sean and Christy McDaniel. We got a, an alternate note from them. Baton Rouge? Bat, Baton Rouge. Baton, Baton, Baton Rouge. Uh, my wife and I made another donation this week for show 523. You'll be happy to know we are no longer going to feed our son cat food in order to contribute to the No Agenda show, which we thought, by the way, was an outstanding initiative. Uh, I've decided <laughs> to quit smoking instead. I'm oh, very good. My wife, Christy, has been gracious enough to allow me to donate half of everything I save to No Agenda every month. Wow. That's, you know... I just stop smoking. Does everybody? This is a win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. Christy gets to buy some dresses because she gets the other half. And trust me, this is a lot. You know that Mickey and I have almost been smoke-free for a year now. Okay, how about that? How much huh? money have you saved? Oh, have you calculated? You should calculate it. Well, let's do it real quick. Um, we were smoking. Let's just say uh, seven days in a week, we smoked five packs each. Is ten packs is $90 times 52 weeks, about $5,000. What? Yeah, that's the calculation. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, onward. Sir Boroslav Marinoff in Aliso Viejo, uh, 52. Glenn Riccio in Charlottesville, Virginia, 5033. He was driving home from work from, through Northern Virginia a couple of days ago while listening to the No Agenda podcast. You were discussing the significance of the number 33. When what do I see in front of me? A black Mercedes with the license plate 33. <laughs> yeah. I love how that works. Richard Payne in Richmond, Virginia, 5001. And then the following are all $50 donors. Keith Gibson in Holly Springs, North Carolina. Uh, great shows lately. He says, Brian Dora, 50. Uh, Michael Gates in Colorado Springs, uh, Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario, uh, Robert Owens in Oak Hill, Virginia, uh, Kyle Bauer with Parts Unknown, and finally Matthew Stevens in North Richmond Hill, right up the road from you, uh, in Texas. We want to thank them and everyone else who helped us do show 523 and uh, everyone in Texas, look for a meetup in spring. Yeah, bring your black powder, your loaded guns, and your beer and your trucks, and uh, we'd be happy to join you. And thank you to our monthly donors. We have uh, always have a nice list of people who, uh, and it's so endearing, it's so nice where people say, look, I'm a student, 
you know, I've whatever is going on in my life, I don't have money, but I do have five dollars a month, or I have twelve, twelve, or thirty-three. There's people who are who are doing very substantial amounts for us, um, and over time, it's really what will keep us going. And you have to check to make sure that it's still there. PayPal cancels this; they cancel it without telling you. Yeah, I actually had a guy. I went back. I, I, I spot check uh, cancellations. I don't do them all, but I do quite a few of them. So I sent these guys a four dollar um, a week guy, which is one of the one of the originals. Yeah, one of the older ones. Well, right? that's the that's the weekly thing for you know a oh, dollar right, a show. Week. Right, right, right. Sorry, two yeah. bucks a show or mm-hmm, something. Like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it got canceled. I, I, that that kind of donation is odd odd enough that I wanted to check. So I checked this. Oh, he says, yeah, I had to cancel it. Or no, it got canceled by PayPal because they won't take updated credit cards. So I had to redo it from wow. scratch. And, wow. I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking that the cheapest, crappiest uh, shopping cart software, <laughs> you go in there, and if the card doesn't work, you can put a new card in. And yeah. it would. Yeah. Why come PayPal can't do this? Um. Yeah, they're not our friends. No. And, and you know, that is that that is, and it's bound to happen. I guarantee, I can tell you right now, put it in the red book. I hate to put it out in the universe. There will be a day, whether it's by accident, it's a mistake, or whatever, we're going to get cut off from PayPal. It's going to happen. You know that's going to happen, right? The odds are in our fa- in, uh, are in favor of the prediction. <laughs> yes. And it'll be like, oh, we're sorry. And, and, how, and how many weeks do you think it'll take to get it reinstated? Probably about two or three. Yeah, I think enough to make us be very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bound to happen. That's all right. That's all right. At least we don't have to, you know. Anyway, we're doing what we can. We're just getting by. We really do appreciate the support. And remember, we have a Sunday show coming up uh, where we'll have more uh, analysis for you, more deconstruction. Sundays are always a tough one for donations. So keep us in your thoughts, please. org slash N-A. Nice list. Robert Heginis says, happy birthday to his beautiful wife, Summer, who turns 21, uh, no, who celebrates tomorrow, June 21st. Send pictures, Sir Pat Deary congratulates himself on celebrating tomorrow. And Sir, Sir Borislav Marinoff congratulates his human resource, Darren, who turns one. And happy 150th birthday today to the state of West Virginia. I used to go to school there, so... Um, partial to West Virginia. And I talked to a guy on the ham radio from West Virginia the other day. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Did you say 73 to him? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, of course. I, well, I, f- I fixed my antenna. Did you get a CQCQ? Did you no. get them that way? No, a Q- QSL card? I'm, I got lots of cu- cute QSL oh, cards. Oh, you're collecting the QSL cards. Yeah, people just send them. <laughs> Do you have what? Did you have one designed for you? Miss Mickey has promised me we're going to do it. So I can do it. But I don't want the typical, because here's your, so QSL card means if you have a contact then you exchange a postcard to the mail, which consists of the report of your reception and a picture, typically of you uh, with a hat in shorts and sandals in front of your rig. <laughs> I like the cartoon versions better. Oh, there's, uh, and here's another one. I, if I'm going to do QSL <laughs> cards, I'm going to get an antique one. Yeah. From the archives from the 20s, uh-huh. and I'm going to use that. Okay. You have not, you, you know, in order, no, to, I, 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 in order to get a QSL card, you have to do a QSO <laughs> first. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, we have a knighthood to do, and I'm very, very happy we can do this for uh, Jan Dubroka. So if you could, uh, we has, it's been, my God, Jan, it's been two months? There you go. I guess your sword made a noise. And Oh, there it is. I see. Okay, got it. John DeBroca, come forward, sir, and kneel as we are very proud to bring you into the round table. It is fabulous to see you here. And as you have now contributed to the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe, the amount of $1,000 or more, we hereby pronounce thee, sir, protector of your family or my family, DeBroca, Jan, welcome to the No Agenda Knights. For you, sir, hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, long-haired heavy metal guys and scotch, wenches and beer, rubinets, women and rosé, gushes and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, or mutton and mead right here at the table of the knights. It's round for the knights and dames. Holy crap. Sorry, that was a little... I hurt the desk there. You dropped the sheet? So the thing that we have not heard about, which has been pretty much dropped from the news was uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, That, of course, is, you know, and aren't we all happy that we have all these distractions to think about? So the, uh, remember, there's this document uh, from the Sinaloa cartel, the the guy... It's a a a filing in Chicago. Filing in Chicago. Well, give us a quick background, and then I'll give you the update. All right, there was a filing. They they got one of the Sinaloa cartel guys uh, mixed up with somebody, and they ended up extraditing him in the United States, and then they're going to sue him for being a, a, a punk in uh, Mexico. It, and they took him to Chicago, and it, it's ridiculous because they the U.S. government, according to this guy, has done a deal with the Sinaloa cartel, and they're not supposed to be bringing people in. Uh, it, somebody got – this was messed up. And so he wrote – so the, the court filing, which is the, the complaint – uh, list he says here's what's been going on we, we're we're immune from prosecution and I shouldn't be here and, and and so they're asking for a bunch of documents to prove it and in the in the process they said the whole Fast and Furious thing was not a mistake it was a gun running operation and it's all documented well who did the deal who was doing it why we were doing it to get the Sinaloa cartel to take over all the cartels and so the U S government only has to deal with one instead of a bunch of different gangs. So um, in the Federal Register, a little interesting uh, note popped up. Now, you know we have a uh, bad Chad producer who's also... Oh, but wait, wait. By the way, nobody else is talking about this. Thank you. Except us. So on the Freedom Controller, which we're working on a, a new release, we can sign everybody up and take you away from Google+. Plus. That is, that is my plan, by the way, to make something y'all go like, well, screw this crap. Let's get on this thing. And it'll be free and open and fair and balanced. Um, so Bad Chad is on the Freedom Controllers, and uh, he's in uh, Colorado, and he is our Federal Register guy. So I, of course, there's, I subscribe to the feed of the Federal Register, but Chad is really doing the work. I, I got to say, I got to be honest, he is the producer of all things Federal Register, and so he throws this into his feed on the Freedom Controllers, and then I find it, and um, he found what I think is just spectacular little entry. So we have uh, the Treasury has something called the SDN list, which is uh, uh, the specially designated nationals and blocked persons list. And this is what they put all the terrorists on. So if you're a terrorist and you're in Waziristan, you're on the list. If you are some China who's like trying to ship some stuff, you're on the list. Uh, And people get put on this list all the time. What does not happen very often, can you guess? Uh, no, I can't guess. I don't 
don't know where this is going. It's got something to do with the cartel. Yeah, well, you don't usually get taken off the list. In fact, I oh, think yeah, in, this is true. in any government, it's kind of rare you get taken off. I've been on a list. I was on a, a member when I uh, was flying in from London a couple the times first, a year. The uh, first couple of years of the show, you were getting stopped consistently because you're on some list because they had you mixed up with some some would-be terrorist that lived in North Dakota with the name Adam Curry. Correct. And so you kept coming through, and you every time you did, it was like one of the show segments. <laughs> yeah. Discuss your experience. Yeah, discuss your, which yeah. was always very apologetic. They treated you. They didn't beat you up or anything, so it was kind of a plus. Well, then you suddenly well, disappeared. Until the time where I said, where I got pissed off, and I said, isn't my passport enough to let me into the country? And they went like, oh, bitch, no, you didn't. And then they get, remember, that was like a three-hour ordeal. Yeah, they put you in the yeah. room. The lockup. So part of the Kingpin Act is what gets you on the list. So if you're a kingpin, which means you would be, I don't know, head drug dealer? Is that kind of the way, what I... Uh, I so, the cartel, I think yeah. a gangster, a famous gangster, or maybe some Mexican mafia guy. Who knows? So the Kingpin Act blocks all property and interest in property subject to U.S. jurisdiction owned or controlled by significant foreign narcotics traffickers as identified by the president. The president. Uh. In addition, the Secretary of the Treasury consults with the Attorney General, the Director of the Central Intelligence Agency, the Director of the FBI, the Administrator of the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State, Homeland Security. So everyone's involved in this list. And look what happened. On June 12, 2013, the Director of OFAC, which I guess is Obama for America Care, removed from the, removed from the SDN list three individuals and two entities listed below. Beltran Sanchez, nationality, Mexican. Address, Sinaloa. Zermino Beltran, Guillermo. Address, Sinaloa. Zermo Beltran, Patricia, I guess this is his wife. Her address, Sinaloa. Uh, entities, Fabri Diesel, Juan de Dios Batiz, Los Mochis, Sinaloa, off the list. And Fabri Diesel SA to CV, Sinaloa. Do you think that this is coincidence, John? No, obviously not. So these three... It's interesting that nobody's uh, mentioning or covering any of this, of course. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like a red flag. It's Sinaloa. Are you kidding me? Hello. Now I don't. Of course, I so don't. So why were they taken off the list? No explanation. No, of well, just because the but they were taken off the list for some yeah. reason. The president says they could be taken off the list. That's because of this guy in Chicago. Yes, of course, it is. As we speak. of course it is. Did you know, by the way, that the House passed a six hundred thirty-eight billion dollar defense bill like a, two days ago? Did you know they this? Did? <laughs> Yeah, I think we were distracted by something. Yeah. So this is what I, this is, and they did it very well because, you know, we had the whole sex uh, scandal in the military and that's what everyone was talking about, oh, getting raped in the military and, oh, this is horrible. That's all part of the defense bill. So <laughs> so the way it works, and I'm, of course it's a problem, you know, it's a problem everywhere. We, we, you know, this sex crimes taking place in every industry. This happens to be a big industry. But they so they took care of all that problem and put in whatever legislation, which I've not paid attention to. 
but meanwhile, it authorized $638 billion in spending on the military. Isn't that pretty much 70% of all of our dough? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that pretty much it? No, they, they still they have the health care stuff that's expensive. Right, that's the other 70%. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. And then we have... Uh, it's almost a trillion. We have some uh, sales. Uh, let you know how the America Inc. is doing. Um, this is from the Defense Security <laughs> Cooperation Agency. Hmm, that's a new one. Uh, pursuant to the reporting requirements of Section 36B of the Arms Export Control Act, we are forwarding here with transmittal number 1315. We made a sale. John, ring the bell. Sale, sale, sale. Front. <laughs> we have sold uh, $588 million worth of stuff to Libya. Libya, where there's no, time. There's tons of terrorists still in Libya. It consists of $222 million of major defense equipment and $366 million of other scanners. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we did a couple of C 130 aircraft. That was the that's the big deal. It's a th- that's the, good money. Yeah, it's it's great money. We have another sale. Hello. Bring yeah. The, another another sale. Oh, oh. Front. This is like this is the this is the big deal. This is like you know, these are like half a billion dollar contracts. This is um, what are we selling here? This is to Kuwait. Kuwait. Uh, we have so oh wow not so good not so good. $200 million to the government of Kuwait and also under Section 36B. And uh, this is uh, technical logistics support for F-18s. This consists of major defense equipment, $0 million, and $200 million of other. Other. So good work. Good work. Others being sold. Yeah. No, that's not major defense equipment. So good work, everybody. Good work. We've... We sold some more stuff to kill brown people. Very good. It works. Excellent job. Fantastic. Really, really All good. Right. <laughs> Onward. Onward. Yes. So I have uh, this, these two clips I'm going to play. One which could be. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, which is the is the caller cutoff clip. There's two of them from C-SPAN. There's caller cutoff and then C-SPAN explains. But... Uh, you have. If, I want people out there to listen to these two clips and realize how many hours it must have taken me to find these two clips because they're not the same show or anything. But they're the, one of the call-in shows, and I think you're going to really appreciate clip number one. Okay, here we go. Practices and, and programs is uh, is uh, you know a manifestation of that continuity. Ben is up next from Clayton, Louisiana, on our independent line. Good morning, Ben. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question to Mr. Uh, good morning, Mr. Zerati. Good morning, Ben. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. Uh, my question is, uh, I used to drive a truck cross country, and I was about 15 miles when they hit the towers. After that, uh, they made us go west. They It came out that the NSA knew about that, and we were understanding from the state troopers that were pushing us west that, uh, ben, what did the what are you saying the NSA knew about? NSA uh, knew ahead of time that this was going to happen. They had put out on the news 
didn't have it out very long. Are you talking about September the- 11th, Ben? <laughs> mm-hmm. Put it- well, hold off on the, uh, on the conspiracy theories of September 11th. Uh, let's go to Elijah from Oceanside, California, you know on great? our you Democratic actually, line. Good morning, you actually, Elijah. You actually heard the click. Normally don't even hear the click. Okay, He's I'm, done. I'm, I'm withholding judgment until we hear your second clip. Well, the second clip is not as good. <laughs> I mean, because it's not just out, but but the second clip is a, is the, another show, a Washington Journal. It was a different show. They had the one of the good looking women, yeah. and and I. So when I first heard the first clip, I said, "Oh my God, this is terrible." They cut, and then there was, there was the this woman on on C span. She kind of she kind of brings it around to make it a little more interesting. And you play the, this is all to talk about the NSA and these people calling in. And by the way, I want to remind everyone that apparently, well, you'll see, play this clip. New York, New York, Alex, Democratic caller. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. And I really appreciate that you're encouraging the healthy skepticism um, that that um, is really important for democracy. I wanted to ask you about um, spying and the enormous expense of war and security. All of these, of course, are, are motivated by 9-11. And if you've read the NIST reports, as I have, then you know that we've given up our civil liberties, even though the government never explained how the towers came down the way they did and never tested for explosives. And you know that Building 7, a high-rise, not Alex, by a Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there and ask you a question. We're, we've been getting a lot of calls lately on this show from people who believe that 9-11 uh, was, uh, there's like a, a theory that it was an, an inside job. Uh, is this, are you part of a, a group or an effort that's trying to get this on the show? Well, actually, I've, I've read um, in Homeland Security training brochures that 9-11 truth activists are potential terrorists. <laughs> and I guess that means that my email records are among those that the government feels it can read and review. And I suppose that under the NDA, I could be indefinitely detained. And that has me concerned. Well, Alex, can you answer my question about if this is a group effort? Are you part of an organization or anything? I'm, I'm an American citizen concerned about... Um, my privacy, and that's why I'm calling in because. Okay, well, let's get a response from the congressman on the question of privacy issues. Well, I agree with the hefty, uh, healthy skepticism, Alex, and I think you, you you raise a great point about that. I would tell you that I. Uh, <laughs> right. So apparently, there's a movement going on. Yeah. yeah and well, why don't they do this with our no agenda people? Thank you. This is what I don't understand. Is someone's organized somewhere and they're doing something? Yeah. And, and I think this woman was correct because it, it's, it's, I guess it wasn't just those two incidents. I could have probably tuned in anytime and heard another one of these guys come. It's like that when Howard Stern was having people. Right, Baba Boo. Baba Boo on everything they called in on. <laughs> we have got nothing Baba except Boo. this one story about the NPR local station where somebody did call in and we got a, a new listener. Yeah. I'm just very distressed by this. Yeah, fact that that we is, but I, I, I don't really feel like these are totally clip of the day worthy. Well, the first one was, but since no. you bypassed it, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. Don't worry. No, 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 no. No, it's, it, it was okay, but, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, if it happened on, you know, like it's C-SPAN. Yeah, I, usually you fall out of your chair, then it's clip of the day, and that's about it. If I did, But I didn't fall out of my chair. I'm, I'm honest. I give you clip of the day whenever, when it's, whenever it's warranted. Yeah, no, I agree. That's not, that's I mean, don't get mad. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. <laughs> hey, you know who's on CNN? Because, you know, they're really ruining this channel now. Uh, CNN is really, you're right, they're really they're yeah. ruined. So, first of all, they brought Michaela in from um, Good Day LA. 
Yeah, who, Mikhail, who I know personally, by the way. Who I like. She's she's cool. So, But I feel bad because she's not going to last more than uh, six months, and she'll be off the air, and then she'll be screwed. So I hope she got a really good deal. Um, but also, Morgan Spurlock. Now, isn't he the guy that did, like, the documentary? Mm, did he do Super Size Me? Did he do that? Let me think. Morgan I think yeah, Morgan's. I think he didn't. He, do, he did the the documentary about. Uh, is he the guy with the beard? Morgan Valentine Spurlock is an American documentary filmmaker, humorous television producer, screenwriter, yes, yes. political activist. Yes, known for his film Super Size Me. Yes. That guy. Yeah, that guy. That's the, the hamburger guy. eater. The hamburger guy. Yes, that's the guy. That's yeah. the guy. He's now on CNN. He is. Yes. You want to uh, hear what he has to say? Oh, brother. I mean, I feel like you know, if you if you do universal background checks is a great start. If you create a database where people with mental problems don't have access to firearms, that's a great place to start. If you if you limit the amount of high capacity magazines, that's a great place to start. Yeah. OK. <laughs> Click. It's not a great place to start. Not watching your show, dude. How horrible is that, man? It's a great I don't see any evidence that he's on CNN. You sure it's the same guy? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'll look it up then for you. More, more. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a new. He's got a, the, the CNN's talking well, about they, him. Obviously, he doesn't have any fans because it hasn't been updated on his wiki page. Hmm. Somebody gets shot. The, the things on the wiki page like two minutes later. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, let's see. We see Morgan Spurlock. Spurlock CNN. Yeah. Morgan Spurlock, Inside Man, CNN.com. Inside Man. Hosted by Oscar-nominated filmmaker. What is Inside Man? Does Inside he... Man. He's on Inside Man. There he is. <laughs> Does he have Find a... out what's really going on. Morgan Spurlock, Inside Man. Does he have a promo? About Inside Man. Is CNN? Uh, yeah, I think so. There, uh, There's maybe. Underneath there. Okay, let's see. Inside. It's coming to CNN June 23rd. Is that uh, that's uh, that's Sunday? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday. Inside Man. CNN original series Inside Man, hosted by Oscar-nominated documentary filmmaker Morgan Spurlock, gives viewers an insider's view of diverse sectors of American life, diving deep into hard-hitting issues <laughs> like medical marijuana. Woo! There's a hard-hitting issue. <laughs> the elder care industry. Wow. Migrant farm workers. Woo! 1967. Gun ownership. Union workers. Bankruptcy. This is nothing. This sounds like a bunch of bull crap. Yeah. Yeah, well, you just heard what he said. It's a good start to get a, a database on mental health issues. Oh, man, it's like... Okay, this show's a dog. Yeah, Pierce Moron, he had... Um, this whole thing, is it's nuts. They're trying to just still... Put, you know what? I'm not even going to show it. I don't care. Okay, forget about it. Forget I even brought it up. It's too stupid. Okay. It's too stupid. It is stupid. But if you had uh, Daniel Ellsberg on your show... Yeah, you're interviewing Daniel Ellsberg, who was, uh, of course, of the... Uh, Pentagon Papers. Pentagon Papers. Um, would you be interested in talking to him, or would you want to make room for something else? If I had Daniel Ellsberg booked in the situation we're in now, in the news cycle we're in now, I would let him ramble on about all kinds of stuff. I think he'd probably be very interesting. Church said, terrified him. He said it was a bridge we must never cross to have NSA turn its capabilities, not 
which are directed to foreigners, turn them to the American people. He said that is an abyss from which there is no return. Well, we have crossed the bridge. Daniel, I'm going to have to jump in. We have to, go to, we have to go to a break, I'm afraid. It's been great to talk to you uh, and also to Glenn Greenwald. Thank you both very much indeed uh, for joining me tonight. It's a debate that Thanks, will Bruce. run, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you very much. And our condolences obviously go to Michael. So, so he just interrupted him, cut him off, said, I'm sorry, we have to move on. Why? Hastings family, he was a regular on the show and will be uh, sorely missed by us and by everyone at CNN and indeed many news organizations. He was a terrific, uh, provocative journalist who uh, will be really, really missed. When we come back, the true life Hollywood story is so good it just had to become a movie. The starstruck teens who broke into the homes of celebrities and their real life victim, Paris Hilton. She's in the chair. That's Yay! Next. We have to go to the chair with Paris Hilton. What? <laughs> That's why he had to cut off Ellsberg. So he cuts off Ellsberg, who's on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> making a pretty good point about turning the gun against yourself kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and point of no return and all the rest of it. And just kills that segment and it's to yeah. bring on Paris Hilton? In the chair. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Adam's modern media. Here we go. No agenda show. Are you ready for it, everybody? Uh, lots of people hating that jingle, including me. It is it is the Rick Roll of our time because it just keeps coming back like bad Mexican lunch. Hi, Adam. Wanted to update you on one of your emails from episode 521. One hour and three minutes into the podcast. I cannot verify if that the NSA FBI was tapping of the calls, etc., but I can explain the technology. I sold voice and data switches for over 15 years. Avaya, in particular, has been able to push patches, etc., to telephone switches for many, many years. The Avaya experts can remotely monitor a system from several of the data centers. They, Avaya, would contact their clients proactively to let them know of any issues. Regarding the other comment about being able to tell if the caller is upset, etc., well, that has been in place for a long time as well. Now, pay attention, people. Here comes a no-agenda tip. If you notice, when you call into many call centers and get voicemail, you can tell certain words and you can get to the front of the line. So if you're upset... All you have to do is say, fuck, fuck, fuck a few times, and you go straight to the front of the queue. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is a great tip. because So they are analyzing, analyzing all of your... Um, all of your uh, what's going on while you're waiting in the queue while you're on call waiting well yeah while you're hearing that hold, you're, you're on hold your call is important to us yeah your call is important to us so all you have to do is start bitching and moaning and you move right to the front so this is this is a tip worthy of mentioning on uh, no agenda I think and we send some karma to his 97 uh, year old granny um, then we have uh, one more note here fuck you curry last week I was in the middle of some really hot sex and just as it was starting to get really good, Adam's going to read his email. Starts going over in my head, and it ruined it. Thank, <laughs> thank God there was no one else there. Otherwise, it would have been embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> Adam's going to read his email on the No Agenda show. It got a, it got a real you chuckle. People writing material. <laughs> it got a real chuckle. I have had, I've kept that that email for two shows now. I haven't gotten to it. <laughs> when I read that, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's cute. It's, it's a good joke. Good light. Yeah, it's a good lead, and it gets you you know, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was it for that. Yeah. 
Let's see what else. Let's it, talk a little bit about Hastings. Yeah, so so this is uh, kind of funny how we have the guy who uh, who helped McChrystal get out. And I think our analysis at the time, he was writing for Rolling Stone, is that McChrystal wanted out and that this guy was brought in to help him right. get you, out. You can't quit. Right. You have to be booted out. He got a bad assignment. He didn't like it. It was getting on his nerves. He wanted to retire, but he but he couldn't just quit. Right. So they did a hit piece on him at the bequest of, I mean, Chris, McChrystal probably figured out how to do it and told him what to, how to write it, and he put it together. And this was in 2010. Yes. And so now I want to play a couple of clips here because... Should we just set it up so not, and not everyone, I mean, we're so... Oh, yeah, okay, so we had this current. writer, Michael Hastings, who uh, lived apparently in central L.A. I, I think I saw his, I know where he lives. Uh, and he was in this little Highland Park, I think is the name of the area, and yeah. some, it was a very tree-lined, very was, beautiful, it's like Beverly Hills. 33 years old. 33 years old, right, exactly. And he hits a tree, the car blows up like it's a Simpson cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and, the engine flies 180 feet further. Yeah, some very suspicious about all this, and uh, so he uh, dies. He dies, and everyone's doing no he, one's. No, ever, he he burns alive in this car. Yeah, he burns. A, the yeah, car, the car the car doesn't explode. No, the car catches fire. This this is not a typical. I mean, and you see the the video, the footage. This thing is on fire. Like the whole thing is just. A, I mean, Mercedes, which the Mercedes should be ashamed of themselves. How does this happen? Is there a record of you have a frontal collision because it's a frontal? Oh, and, so he does. Have, oh, that's funny because the car that because I went to Street View to find his place. Yeah, where he lives, and there was a Mercedes out front. It's funny. Yeah, it's a Mercedes. So the Mercedes he hits a tree head on, and apparently it was going very fast, so fast that the engine rips out, and is and the engine and transmission is 180 feet further. This is only from what I've read and seen. Obviously, I wasn't there, and the car catches fire. And yeah, he it's very suspicious. Yeah, okay. All right. And his wife has been off Twitter, uh, like a, like two weeks before this, and then she has yet to return, which is interesting. She used to be the speechwriter for Condoleezza Rice, and a, and a Republican. He was always a Democrat, and he was a Democrat in 2010 when he did that piece, that hit piece on McChrystal, and he maintained his Obama bot status mm-hmm. through 2012. And I have a clip to show you what kind of an Obama bot he was, which you have to consider, because he turned and went against Obama, and it showed up on all these shows. He was getting cut off the way Pierce cut off this this guy that you just heard, and he eventually went kind of nutty against Obama. I don't know if you have any concept of why that happened, but uh, I think he turned on Petraeus. He mainly targeted Petraeus, Hillary Clinton, and Benghazi, where it looked like his targets. This, this, this is where I think uh, the problem is. So, you know, everyone's, I, you know, I, was it Max Kaiser says that um, he found out the FBI was was uh, following him and he had spoken to a WikiLeaks lawyer. I think this is all a big bullshit distraction. I think this is part of the Clinton body count. I, you might be right because he definitely got into a. In fact, I printed out a this, lot of these. This is the guy. He got into a real beef with a Clinton uh, yes. spokesperson. This is the guy who. Remember, we we even talked about this on the show, where Clinton's uh, spokesperson told him to go fuck off. Right. So I think that if anything, this is this has the Clintons written all over because 
You know, if you want to kill somebody, if the you know the CIA or the NSA or the FBI, they don't crash you like this. No, they walk by you like Breitbart. You know, they give you a little pinprick, like and you and you die, and then you know a heart attack and, and the, of a heart attack, and then the coroner kills himself. You know, the, this is how they do it. This is you know, go watch Rubicon. It's a little pinprick. You're dead. It's undetectable. Sorry, he died of a heart attack. This is the way the Clintons do it. They have no class. Classless. Oh, son of goon bathroom. The guy's name is Philippe Rains, and they went back and forth. I do have a couple of notes that went back and forth. Now I understand why the official invest. This is from Rains. Why the official? Why why the official investigation of the Department of Defense, as reported by the Army Times, the Washington Post, concluded beyond a doubt that you're an unmitigated asshole. Yeah, yeah. How's that for a non-bullshit response? Now that we've gotten that out of our systems, have a good day. And by that, I mean, fuck off. Yeah. So that's the response from the Clintons or the, the Clinton spokesperson. And what was that in regard to? Do you recall what that was about? Yeah, it was a, it was a question about Benghazi. Yeah, there you go. So this is, so he was, uh, if anything, and it makes sense because he was in very heavily involved with, with the military industrial complex and he probably made friends. I have friends in the MIC. They tell, you know, General Ham, I will point out, is going to be uh, testifying uh, this coming week. Did you know that? No, that's good. Yeah. This is, and he retired after Benghazi. So something is up, something is going on, and we'll see what happens to Ham. So he's well, being. Well, we'll find out. But anyway, let's play a couple clips just to, just to give you an idea of what kind of a. Uh, this is the Michael Hastings before clip. It says, number one, this is the clip of Hastings after he came out with his little book about the 2012 elections, and he's still an Obama bot, and this is probably around January of, of this year. The press, and you talk in the book about one member of the press, who the White House press corps, who tried to get the president to open up to a sock puppet. <laughs> now, honestly, did that actually, did someone actually produce a sock puppet? Uh, a hand, yeah, a hand puppet, sock puppet, whatever you want to call it. Yes, it was, it was a puppet that looked like Obama. This individual uh, reporter worked for the, the Wall Street Journal, put the puppet on uh, her hand, and started asking the president for an interview and, and going like this, back and forth. I can't... I I will, I will. I refuse to do the squeaky voice on on camera because I'll be forever YouTube. But but it was very strange, and and, and I learned later that Obama said you know, that was one of the weirdest uh, moments uh, that I've experienced with the media. I mean, we know journalists like ourselves tend to like a drink. Was she drunk in some way? <laughs> I think she was 100 percent sober. <laughs> I, I mean, but but that was that's the that's the the presence of Obama even on the press corps, even on the people who follow him every day. When they're near him, they lose their mind sometimes. You know, they start behaving in ways that are juvenile and, and amateurish and. Uh, uh, they swoon. And of course you don't. Oh, I do. No, I did. I did. I did. Oh, I totally. Oh, man. I, I, I you know, I first met President Obama in 2006 when he was a senator. Uh, he was visiting Baghdad. I was the correspondent there. You mentioned that. I mentioned before. that, yeah. And of course, I got to ask my question. So, of course, I have to say, well, you know, Mr. President, this is the second time I met you. And did I ask the hardball question? Did I ask about drones? Did I ask about civil liberties? No, I did not. I, I, I guess I'm not at liberty to say what I asked about, but it was soft. Typical. Thank you for the admission, <laughs> Michael Hastings. And the book is called Panic 2012. A great read. Um, right. Obama boss. So, so that's an Obama guy. Yeah. Uh, that's somewhere changed along the way. And Benghazi may have been it because he might be working on that. Who knows? He's dead now. Uh, but you, it started to change on some of these different shows. And the, the last time I believe that he appeared on Bashir's show was when Bashir had to cut him off. And uh, I'll just throw this clip in, which is Hastings. Uh, he jumps. He, he's bitching about Petraeus. 
He says the guy was a bit terrible guy and all the rest. Bashir tries to turn the conversation around. Uh, Hastings goes off on on Petraeus, and then uh, then they, they just cut him off on the show. The idea that they, the, the fact that he was sleeping with somebody else besides his wife, that that's the thing that's going to bring him down, to me, is very bizarre. Mike, that's a fairly harsh assessment of a man who's regarded by many people in the military as an outstanding four-star general. Well, I, I mean, I think uh, that could, he might be an outstanding four-star general. Everything I said also uh, might, might be true. Um, I, I, like, I've, I, what I've tried to do in, in, in my reporting on him is give a, a counter-narrative to the man known as King David. Uh, he's extremely Extremely ambitious. Um, one of the, the most memorable quotes that another general told me about General Petraeus was he leaves the dead dog on your doorstep every time. That means every new assignment that he would take over, he would try to make the guy before him look like it was their fault. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think, Michael, I think, as I said, I think he's been given a pass. Michael Hastings, I'm afraid we've run out of time, but thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Have you seen the sign MSNBC, bitch? Hey, 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 calm down with Can't that. I have too much more of that. <laughs> now, the last one, I think, is the last time he appeared. He was on a show uh, with this guy. I've never even seen this show before, and I, the guy's name, if I have it here. Um, I think it's, I don't know, Perry. I can't remember who it is, but it's some douchebag who has a whole bunch of people on, and, and Hastings really gets into it with a couple of them. Uh, but before we play that, I have a kind of a funny short clip. Let's see if I got these right. Yeah, I got a short clip uh, where he, this is when he's still an Obama bot. Uh, and he's telling, and the only reason I want to play this clip, because I want people to realize that this, cl- what, what he's saying in this clip, he's discussing a meeting with the press court that, that Obama decides to visit because he likes to apparently hang out with the press. But nobody's supposed to ever report that. And this play, this is the Hastings on White House etiquette. Covering uh, the Obama campaign for for BuzzFeed. And uh, during the last two months when everyone was kind of getting crazy about basically every little thing that went on, I wrote a story pointing out that uh, President Obama had had shown up uh, a couple, about a month earlier at a drink session with with journalists. That's all I did, the fact that he showed up. Hanging out with journalists. Hanging out with journalists, that's it. Having a Coca-Cola. Knocking back (laughs) a Sam Adams. I'm not allowed to say he was doing that, but that's what he might have been doing. Might have been doing. If if, if he was there. If he were actually. Actually there. Exactly, but I'm not allowed to acknowledge the existence of it. However, I, I did. I didn't. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, up on all the uh, necessarily the nice, uh, nice you're not, They're supposed to lie about what the president. That's said. what I was. I was told afterwards, even though it's part of the White House full policy to note it. But anyway, and so the reporters, not the White House, the reporters got really angry with you. They did. I, I was. Uh, I was lectured uh, by the the, the White House. Uh, uh, the guy who runs the White House Correspondent Association sort of sat me down and explained Who, to me. Uh, Ed Henry at uh, Fox, uh, Fox News, nice guy. Um, you know, he's in a tough spot. He's dealing with reporters, he's dealing with the White House. He's dealing with people like me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I pity him. <laughs> I pity him. And, uh, and then they, they said, you know, if, if you continue to do this, uh, you're not going to be, be welcome here. Um, and and that, that was one of the moments uh, that, that, you know, I, I go into detail in the book. Uh, probably more detail than anyone needs to know, but definitely uh, check it out. And before you go on to your final clip, um, I looked into this BuzzFeed, and uh, the more I look at you know these alternative, so-called alternative news sites, uh, the more I'm discouraged about it. Uh, BuzzFeed, you know, how many people co-founded Huffington Post? A million? Everyone in the world is a co-founder of the Huffington Post. I mean, Arianna Huffington, she apparently, did, did she have to do anything? I have no idea. Kenneth Lehrer is uh he was the chair he's the chairman and co-founder of the Huffington Post. He set up BuzzFeed. 
and everyone at BuzzFeed is running BuzzFeed. And by the way, uh, they they have uh, raised fifty five zero fifty million dollars for this BuzzFeed outfit. They have a, an, a newly announced partnership with CNN. I mean, this is the regime. I mean, this is a propagandistic organization. Um, and any news outfit that is raising money from uh, Obama donors who are venture capital f- uh, firms, you know, it, it's corrupt. Yeah. It's, it's completely corrupt. And, and well, I think the story that we just listened to is the most corrupt thing I've heard for a long time. Yeah, shut And they're up. laughing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so hilarious. Shut I was up. taken it's... aside because I mentioned that Obama was at the at the bar drinking a Sam Adams. Oh, you can't do that. No. You're going to get kicked off the f- – and that's all the other journalists got all bent out of shit. You're going to get us all killed. You're going to get us all kicked out of this <laughs> soft job where we don't do anything. Yeah. We just read the, the you so, know, the so, so Okay, so this now brings something else to mind. Maybe it's not Hillary Clinton. Maybe it was just one of his fellow, his colleagues. Like, this guy is such a dick. Let's run him off the road. That creative. No, this is not creative. They just run but him in, off in the a road. Car to do 120 miles an hour into a tree in a residential area? That took some effort. Mm, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Well, I know there's ways of doing it, but I'm not going to go but, about doing but it. But remember, it's not. As a, I said, the guy seemed like, you know, except no. near the end here when it was this last clip where he just gets into it with one of the people that's on this panel. He even tells him he's just writing talking points down. He's all upset. He's very upset. Well, all I'm saying is that if you want to kill someone, this is a very unnecessary way of doing it. So whoever did this. No, I know. It made it, it's more like a mob hit. It's like, let's make an example out of this guy by burning him to a crisp. Yeah, which brings me back to the Clintons. You're right. I saw George W. Bush give a speech where he, he conceded that, you know, these decisions yeah, aren't that simple. Speechwriters. He had better speechwriters at this time. I don't know what happened to the first <laughs> speechwriters, but certainly they weren't working on this speech. I mean, this speech, in, in my view, if you compare this speech to his, uh, the, the speech he gave in Cairo in 2009 or his Nobel Prize speech, you see an, a, a kind of almost total rejection of the civil rights tradition that, that President Obama supposedly came out of, a total rejection of any kind of... Uh, these ideas of of a kind of peaceful transition, of a kind of trying to work with uh, the fellow people in, in different nations, and in just an embrace of total militarism. And the reason I stop, say this stop, is because stop. that he's incredibly ad- that's him Hastings. We're rat- prattling on. He's incredibly agitated. Yes, which is much unlike his other jocular style, which was before he lost his Obama uh, hood. <laughs> his Obama hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, brilliant analysis from the chat room as a quick interlude. Knocking back a Sam Adams is obviously gay code. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And and I think it was said as a joke, but I'm like, well, that's not, that's considering how pissed off everyone was about that. Uh-huh. Just take it into consideration. Onward. It's noted. That speech to me was essentially agreeing with uh, President Bush and Vice President Cheney that we're at, in this sort of neoconservative paradigm, that we're at war with a jihadist threat that actually is not a nuisance, but the most important threat we're facing today. It is a complete, in my view, a complete rejection of what John Kerry said, and I said, an embrace of militarism. He's, I, but, I he's, he's, but he's talking about... He's saying, he's saying, he says that many multiple things. He, he, right, he, no, I, I agree, I agree it's complex. Okay, you know what, I've got to stop this for a second. You know what he sounds like? 
he sounds like I can get this way, by the way. Uh, and, I, and Miss Mickey has taught me how to not do it. When you are so convinced, when you know that the bullshit is 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 so clear, and you have the actual story, and you have the backstory, and you have the documents to prove it, that's when you start f- your mouth starts falling over itself when you're trying to explain to someone who is clearly clueless. And that's what I'm hearing here. Would you agree? Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. But, I mean, the, but it, no, it's not only that, complex, but he enshrines... Look, the, the two key things that I took away from that speech is that Obama has enshrined the two most radical principles of the Bush doctrine. The first is, oh, he, he got rid of, sort of got rid of torture and sort of got rid of extraordinary rendition, but enshrines targeted assassination. At the same time, he, he, he doesn't apologize for... Uh, he, he won't apologize for the scandal in Benghazi. He won't apologize for the IR, Really, the IRS is a few bad apples. And he says, no, the AP and spying on journalists is okay. So he enshrines uh, killing people and spying on... On journalists as the two major tenets of his national security state. I think this is outrageous. <laughs> I don't agree with what Michael said. I'm just going to be blunt about it. The well, I read your piece. I read your piece. It was it was essentially, you know, talking points from the White House. It was stenography. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, look, I, I, I did your work and, and I, I've, you know, read it in the past as, as a colleague, but I was not impressed with, with the piece that we were sent around by the producer. Well, wait, 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 let's let Perry explain what yeah. he said before we say we're not impressed with it. Let's yeah. hear well, it. Well, I can say it. I read it. <laughs> well, let's hear it first. <laughs> I guess, well, 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 I'll go into uh, detail here. Um, there were two parts of that speech, I thought. There was one where the president was trying to redefine what his, where the war on terror is going. It's winding down. He's trying to talk about drones. The part that I didn't agree with you in terms of like comparing it to Bush was I thought the speech showed a lot of ambiguity about exactly. the president's views about it, which is not exactly the George ambiguity. Bush didn't have a lot of ambiguity about the war on terror. This is a speech very much about he's trying to sort of talking out loud, as Steve said, here are my views. He kept saying over and over again, this is a just war, but it should be limited. We should look at ways to wind it down, change it. He basically just, I, he doesn't like he doesn't like the drone program himself, is what I sort of heard in the speech. While he the policy I agree with you has not though. changed that much, but there was there was certainly an ambiguity about it. There was certainly a some sort of a weariness about the policy itself that I think was important to note here. This is also after four years of not only escalating the war in Afghanistan, where he said 150,000 troops, so he did try the whole occupation thing, but he also uh, exponentially increased the number of drone strikes. He's defending murdering an American two years later. I mean, so so it, there's an absurdity to this whole uh, discussion. Yeah, and, and, no, and, and look, and look, I, I keep saying there's a lot here. And there's a lot in the speech, and, and he definitely has escalated drone attacks. We also have the drone attack, the numbers are coming down. That doesn't mean that he has ruled them out, and we can talk about that. But one thing that I think is a, is a change in, in Omar that he laid out in this speech was a, a real clear commitment to shut down Guantanamo. And I know we've heard that before, but he, he laid out, you know, he has talked about... That's Hastings cracking up. Department. Okay, a couple things here. So one, oh, by the way, before you go with your analysis, I want to say this show was called Up with Steve... Karaki, mm-hmm. and the guy that he got into the beef with, which is this guy, Perry Bacon, who's a black guy from MSNBC, mm-hmm. and he's the one who wrote the talking points, the stenographer, right? right. And, and and he's clearly uh, upset. Okay, so so here's here's the analysis. One, this guy is pretty much doing no agenda material, and it got him killed. And <laughs> and the mistake he made is he was trying to be legit. Where you've got to like have Tourette's, you know, be a, a, a hoarder, you know, be a crackpot, you know, don't believe in moon landings. This is how you are able to s- survive with this type of analysis. And he's, he's talking to the wrong people. So he's also, he was young, which is sad because he just hadn't caught on yet. He was very young. Um, so two, uh, this is how the, I can imagine the meeting going. Uh, 
Let's kill this guy. Yeah, but, you know, this, this, he's like a high profile. Fuck it, kill an actor, too. Well, they'll cover it up. <laughs> yeah, that would work. That's how I imagine it. And and then we lose two guys. We have Gandolfini. Yeah, we, he's in Italy. We can do that. No yeah. one's going to notice. Well, we just put in a call. It's easy. Yeah, in Italy. Yeah, <laughs> Sicily. Yeah, so, so we'll yeah, get him. Yeah, yeah. What a loss. That's a, what a loss. This kid and Galvin for two great people. Why? Because some a-hole wants to further his, his or her agenda. God knows what was coming out. But stuff is flying fast and furious, and people are, 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 are getting killed. I mean, th- there's no doubt in my mind. It's just who did this sloppy job? Why did it have to be like this? Um, you know, it's, it's so much easier to do it like the Michael Jackson way, you know, like the Breitbart way. It's so much easier, so much less messy, you know, no, no big news stories. Oh man, maybe this goes, well, I think this was just, maybe they got the wrong guy to do it and then they had to get a cover. I, who knows? But people are getting killed. There's no doubt about that. Well, he probably, it was, what's interesting, he went so far off the rails. This is the problem that you, that I think everyone has if they become kind of, uh, Again, you know, the hey geography is a great word. This uh, you become like you're worshiping Obama. Yeah. And you're, you're just he can do no wrong. And you know that half the public is like this. They would vote him in for a third term. I'm telling you. And so and then you discover that there's something there's no this is wrong. You're, you're looking at the wrong information. You're, you discover this man has uh, betrayed you. And yeah. you go off the yeah. rail. Yeah. You don't just, you know, do what we do. We don't right. believe that any of these characters, and we just analyze the news. It's pretty straight up. Right. And and so what happens? And happen- we don't go yeah. nuts about it. No. Well, sometimes. Oh, my God, we got to stop him. <laughs> I mean, we don't go like Alex Jones is the is the, is the the example of the, of the lightning rod approach. He's just like completely, and he stays kind of alive by being kind of screwy, by getting a, a bullhorn and going down a river outside the Bilderberg Castle, and this is dumb, you know. <laughs> hey, you guys, hey, you guys. You know, whatever he did. Hey, you make it up the new world order, new world order, my seeds. But these guys would take this thing so seriously, and then they show up on these shows and they do something like this. I mean, there's... Well, no. yeah, but so this is this is. Part I think of, this was his last appearance, by the way. Well, this is part. Yeah, this is part of the sickness. This is what you saw with Leo, when uh, when when all this came to light. And he's he's recuperated since then. When all this came to light, he was posting on Google Plus like you, Mister President. You know, you lied, you lied, and and uh, and Chunk Chunk is out there on uh, on current TV. You lied. Oh yeah, Chunk's gone. Liar. He's lost it too. Chunk yeah. has lost it. Yeah. And he Chunk, have a story and Chunk knows out, because Hastings was a contributor to the Chunk show. Yeah. So he so he knows now. Now he knows. Well, he Shut up. Doesn't, I'm sure Hastings, whatever Hastings has got that is now gone, I'm sure it's been taken out of his, I'm sure his place is ransacked and whatever he, papers he was working on all disappeared. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, I'm sure he talked to Chunk about it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. It's probably yep. just yep. something, it's probably what we've been theorizing about in the Benghazi thing, perhaps, or, or something similar. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and and we say, hey, should we go grab that beer? Should we knock back a Sam Adams, John? Should we <laughs> knock back a Sam? <laughs> All right, so, man, we, uh, we, do, we do have to get out of here. It's, uh, okay, I, I do have one last thing. Can we? Is it an end of show clip? 
No, it could be. No, well, no. It's, 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 I'll All save right. it for the Sunday no, show. No, no, I'll stop. I'll, I'll it's stop. It's a bit of commentary. Uh, you, uh, but you, it, it's actually going to take more to develop, so I'm not going to do it. Okay. You can play the odd uh, Aaron Burnett flub, and we're done. Uh, okay. Well, I'll stop this then. Let's listen to that. Uh, live, obviously, uh, tomorrow morning from Beijing. And I want to bring in Gordon Chang now, a columnist for Forbes.com and the author of The Coming Collapse of China. All right, Gordon, you uh, were one of the first here to talk about this possible link. As a matter of fact, the very first night to say, if you go to China for asylum or to Hong Kong, something smells fishy about the whole thing. China's adamant they're not working with Edward Snowden. Not that I'd expect them to come out and say that he was. Was? What? She's supposed to say were. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the big script. Whoever wrote it. Um, all right, I'm done. I'm done. All right, so just the last uh, breaking news. Uh, the Russians and the Chiners announced a deal. Russians uh, supply China with Russian oil, $60 billion uh, in rubles. Uh, the market is collapsing. Brent oil down $2. Gold is off the rails. It's the beginning, everybody. <laughs> And we'll talk about it on DH Unplugged next Tuesday. Yeah, but first we'll be here Sunday. Sunday I will have a report of the... I'm going to go see Pandora's Promise, which is a documentary um, about uh, nuclear energy, which uh, won a whole bunch of Sundance Awards and no one has gone to see. And, Good, of course, it's... do that. I, I may go see the Superman movie. You go see... And we'll compare notes. How does that sound? I bet you there's more propaganda in mine than there is in yours. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, everybody, thank you very much for showing up. Thank you for helping us out. Remember, Dvorak.org slash NA, incredibly important that you support the work that we are doing so we don't have to go on uh, MSNBC and crash. And I am coming to you from the Travis Heights hideout here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, the Buzzkill Bunker. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Come on, Ritalin, Coumadin, Zantac, Lipitor, Dizepam, Nexium, Prevacid, Percocet, Levitra, Leviquin, Elevil, Fosamax, Plavex, Keflex, Next Day, FedEx, Zithromax, Avalox, Flexoril, Topamax, Prozac, Ativan, Adderall, I take them all. I ain't going nowhere, man. Never gonna go nowhere. I'm cutting my own hair, man. Nothing I need out there. Outside sunny, but inside share, I ain't going nowhere. Democracy! Read your tweets, emails, listen to your phone calls. NSA is looking out for you. Shut up! Get lively! Slash NA.